What's up, everything? The St. Louis Blues traded Zach Samford to the cold, frozen hellscape known as 22 Minutes Outside of Ottawa, Canada, and brought back a big, strong boy in St. Louis's own Logan Brown. Immediately after getting rid of Zach Samford, Tom Stillman extended Doug Armstrong for five years, kinda. Coincidence? I think not. It's not a miserable week to be a Blues fan, but it is miserable to be a fan of so many other NHL teams. So we'll conclude this episode, by which I mean spend 90% of it, talking about our 2021-22 Misery Index. Keep your motion sickness bags nearby at all times, because it's going to be a bumpy ride. So let's get started, and let's go Blues! Oh, it's a misery! It is Thursday, September 30th, the last day of September, so I guess somebody can wake up Billy Joe Armstrong tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, He's been asleep. Yeah, we are currently recording uh, in the hallway outside a local Baby of the Year competition. This is a preliminary round, um, but I think uh, I think uh, Michael Patrick Porkins is going to take it all this year. I don't yeah. know how do you feel. I mean, he's a little tuna can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you can get past that one. Yeah, uh, it sounds heated in there. It sounds yeah. very heated. Yeah, well, you know, Bart Harley Jarvis. Nobody's a big fan of that. Yeah. Um, before we dive into the silliness, uh, you know, wanted to take a moment to. God, did I just look up? No, I didn't. Okay, good. Um, wanted to take a moment to note the um, insanity that went on in Ukrainian high. Yeah, for lack of a better word, the racist gesture by Andre Deniskin of H.C. Kremenchuk, uh, who was ejected after taunting Jalen Smerick with a racist gesture. I, I don't want to go into this too deeply because, God almighty, we've done it all before. But um, obviously the 13-game suspension is horrendous and embarrassing for international hockey to the IHF who put out a wishy-washy statement and then allowed a wishy-washy punishment. Um, and I want to say to all the people who are taking this moment to chirp the um, Ukrainian league and pretend that, I don't even want to say pretend, but just kind of react to this in a way that they would never react if it was the rights holders league. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just remember that because I want to say this couldn't happen in the United States, but racism happens mm-hmm. places. And 
Uh, the last thing I'll say, and I'll give you as much time to talk about it as you want to, is um, NHL, just a, just a word of advice. Build whatever you want to say about this into your next CBA. Just make it... Just make it real crystal queer, you know, mm. because every time one of these things happens, you know, whether it's in whether it's this specifically or it's you know a, a homosexual slur or whatever, um, there's always talk about well, there's only so much you can do under the under the rules of the CBA, and it's like okay, so change that mm. then, change it proactively. This league is a reactive league. We talk about it every time one of these things happens. Get out ahead of it. If everyone is supposedly on the same side of this issue, which they always tell us that they are, and obviously they should be, then just put it in the CBA that if you say anything racist or do anything inarguably racist, not even inarguably, even questionably racist on the ice, it's a 40-game suspension or or a full-season suspension Mm. or a lifetime ban. I don't care. Like, make it as harsh as you want to make it. And you can have an appeal process so that at least there's, like, you know, it's not just a knee-jerk reaction, but, like, why would you give any quarter to this or even, you know, flirt with the idea that, um, you know, you're going to be making any sort of space for this to go on? That's that's kind of my take on it. Did you have anything you wanted to add? No, I was going to say, yeah, obviously it's, you know, a terrible act. We all agree with that, and that's just... It's too bad that it's still happening in 2021 anywhere um, in the world, and especially in hockey. But yeah, if if we all agree that this is like a terrible act, which I think we all do, then I think, and for as many people that are in the NHL sphere that have said as such, they need to then treat things like this, even remotely like this in the NHL with the same amount of reaction. You know, if you're going to say this is a heinous act and it shouldn't be done anywhere, then it shouldn't be done in the NHL, and we've had instances of racism in the NHL or in, you know, the AHL or junior or whatever. And we'll, and like you said, it's always, well, we can only do so much. And it's like, if it's going to be, if you're going to use the word heinous, which it is, then you need to have punishments that match that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would only, yeah, I think I'm with you. I'd only suggest the NHL and all the uh, talking heads out there that are all over this story, as they should be, um, would act the same when it's here at home, you yeah. know, too. Because like you said, it's very easy to 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 look at this story and say you know use strong words against it hate it it's heinous uh anson carter called it crap which is very strong for tnt yeah that's Um, but you know if you're if you can go out and you can you can make those these really strong statements against it as you should then you should be making those exact same statements uh in this league and on this continent as well so I would just hope any future things get met with that same that same amount of uh, attention in the future. Yeah, like for example, Bill Peters apparently is currently a head coach in uh, the KHL. Nice, nice work as always. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, Avtomobilist Yekaterinburg. Uh, I think I nailed it. But um, I mean, I think. That's, but keep him there. But yeah, I was just say that's a perfect example because you can't have him come over in two years. But well, that was a while ago. I'm like, yeah, what he did was a while ago when we kicked him out yeah, of the NHL. Exactly. It's just it's over. Especially to not that it really matters, and not to undercut the point. But when you're in the NHL and there's plenty of people that mm-hmm. want head coaching jobs, and you're one of your big issues is that you keep recycling the same people. If some old dude 
does some racist thing as an NHL coach or a GM or a player or whatever, you can just boot them out because there's mm. a bazillion people waiting to take that yeah. position. Yeah. And that's like, it requires buy-in from all 32 teams. Because mm-hmm. all we need is one of them to say, well, want to give them a second chance, you know? Yeah. And because what they really want is a good PK coach yeah. or whatever he's good at. And um, they'll make him an assistant coach. I don't think any team would hire him right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, it's it's the Tony D'Angelo thing. It's like you only needed one team to sign him. And, you know, it, there's such a difference between, like, for example, a little closer to home, like Jim Montgomery getting a second chance. Yeah. Completely different, right? Because it's not an interpersonal conduct I thing mean, he did. I mean, maybe there were consequences that yeah. were interpersonal. Well, it's more like a personal yeah, demon. Right. Yeah. But, like, this is just nonsense, and, and the league... I just don't want to see the league act all haughty now and even let players go out on Twitter and say mean things about Ukraine. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, in, in six months' time... Somebody says something to Anthony Duquair or something, and we're like, oh, well, you know, it's in the CBA. I don't know what, yeah, it's just it's a ter- it's an it's so game, terrible. It's an eight-game a... suspension. It's, we really I can't. Know. And he's going to go to sensitivity training, though, so, yeah. you know, that'll fix That's it. the thing that I've, I, that's what I've took away from this, too, is, like, it was a very, very weak suspension mm-hmm. for the, the UHL and for IH, IIHF and their comments about it. But, like, to say that and then to turn around and look at your league, even for just um, infractions that are, like, part of hockey, you know, headshots, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And they're like, mm, that's four games. And I'm like, yeah. for real, though? I get these are, <laughs> I get these are different topics. Yeah. But I'm just like, dude, you want to talk weak, uh, you got to look in the mirror, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we can leave that there. There's been plenty and plenty and plenty and mm-hmm. plenty of analysis about that. Um, but... You know, it is what it is, and, and God willing, we don't see that in the NHL. Like, hopefully that player, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Uh, let the me victim look it up. Is. Let me look it up. That's, that's at the tip of my tongue. I should know, and I don't, and that's Something Smerick. Yeah, Jalen Smerick. Jalen Smerick. I was going to say, hopefully he gets back. I know he's not playing currently, and understandably so, but hopefully mm-hmm. he gets back to playing in whatever league he wants to, because he shouldn't have to worry about that anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, now moving on to lighter topics. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Tell the world I'm coming. The St. Louis Blues made a, I would say, unexpected, kind of your typical out of nowhere Armstrong camp roster yeah. shuffle. Seems um, to happen every year. To uh, move Zach Sanford on. Um, and send him to the Ottawa Senators, where his best friend, Connor Brown, maybe, plays? One of those. I mean, Connor Brown does play up there. Is um, his best friend? (laughs) One of those guys, I I forget, because they all blend together, because they're all, like, third liners, but, um, Colin White. I think it's Colin White played with him at Boston College, and, That's um, cool. That's cool for him. So they know each other really well, and he's living with him currently, so at least he has... A pal in Ottawa, you know? Um, but in any case... Uh, Not everyone in Ottawa can say that's that. That's right. Very few people, in fact. Zach Sanford traded to the Ottawa Senators uh, a fourth-round pick, and prospect Logan Brown is coming home. And um, first and foremost, I want to say 
I will not tolerate any Zach Stanford slander uh, in this podcast. I think he was, we've talked about this recently, we talked about it a lot this summer, he is what he is. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of people beating up on players who are what they are when the coach is the one that's misusing them, <laughs> you know, like, Zach Samford's a perfectly good third and fourth line defensive forward. Mm-hmm. And playing on the Senators, he's probably a middle six guy who's probably going to get you 15 goals, um, you know, and... and he is what he is. So, you know, I don't I don't have any ill will towards him. We all remember the fourth goal in Game 7 fondly mm-hmm. and the four-goal game that we somehow still lost to the uh, Golden Knights fondly. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite Zach Sanford memory? Is it the fight <laughs> with Robert Portuz? <laughs> no, I just remembered. My favorite Zach Sanford memory, one that he probably doesn't remember other than it's on video, is him uh, projectiling vomiting <laughs> during the Stanley Cup parade. Uh Hilarious. Yeah, I mean, good for him. You know what? That's one of those. That's one of those vomit situations where you just you stand up and you applaud. Yeah. You go, yes, hey. sir. You deserve this. Yeah, you got that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that fourth goal in the Stanley Cup final is the one, obviously, where everyone was like, "That was that. That's that's the real deal, right?" Because you're down, you're up three nothing. Well, you've seen teams score three quick goals. Mm-hmm. That's happened before. When you get four nothing at that point, you're that like, was the that's first... not even that's they can't even fuck this up. Yeah, the, even the Blues. That was the first time that I really let myself leave. Mm-hmm. Like the third goal coming when it came, it was like, oh my god. Yeah, that was. But the fourth goal was like, <gasps> we were all we were all David Prawn in that moment. Oh yeah, as he, pretty much you can see him mouth. We're gonna fucking win. <laughs> you're like, oh my god, you're so right. Ooh, uh, yeah. I mean, Zach Sanford, like you said, he is what he is. Um, he was never. What did we trade Shattenkirk? We have the Shattenkirk trade. Yep. Um, Shattenkirk and a first round pick that became. I think we traded it back to them to trade up to get Robert Thomas. Maybe that sounds right. I'll figure it out. I think it went all over the place. That's for yeah. sure. But I was gonna say, you know, he never. We did not win that trade. I remember no, that. Much. No, that's what I mean. It was traded up to get Tage Thompson. That's why we lost. Who was that part trade. of the Ryan O'Reilly that's trade? Well, though. you know, it keeps so, it keeps going. <laughs> so thank you, Zach Sanford, for Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> um, yeah, like you said, he is what he is. He never quite lived up to what people were hoping he would be. I don't think anyone ever thought he was going to be an amazing player, but they were hoping maybe like filling in the top six competently, mm-hmm. and that never quite happened. Traded it to the um, Flyers for Braden Shen. That's what oh. we did with that. It was the year we drafted Robert Thomas. Man, I'm never, real quick aside, we're never going to live down that draft night for like hype of one one day of events for the Blues. It's never going to match that. The following free agency day came pretty close with the Ryan O'Reilly trade and the signings, but like... But that was insane. It was like, okay, we drafted Robert Thomas, and then he comes up and he's at like pick 27 he's like there's been a trade the st louis blues and you're like what well i guess you knew at that point that it was your trade so you knew we were trading something you get Braden shen and then you trade back in and get quim cost yeah well i just remember when he said yori latera they're trading yori latera like i don't even care yeah i know (laughs) it's like sweet 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 and they they just got better and better i remember still thinking even though we had to obviously package picks along with latera to get rid of them and get shen Thinking like, what's wrong with Braden Shen? Something's gotta be, <laughs> something's gotta be effing wrong with this dude. 
And apparently it was just that he could only score on the power play, and I, I remember being really worried about that. And apparently that's not the case here, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Zach Sanford, great, great, great player. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure, like you said, I think he's going to get a much bigger opportunity up in Ottawa. They're obviously in within the uh, they're in their window where they can actually give that to him. Even though they said they're out of the rebuild, um, I th- he's still going to have a better window well, up there. You know, they're missing a captain too. Maybe he can be that yeah. as well. Oh man, the his picture on Wikipedia is at the parade. It's it's shortly before he splattered his guts all over the sidewalk. <laughs> uh, you know, and we can joke about Ottawa, but probably good timing for his career. Right before he hits unrestricted free agency, a chance to show that maybe he's a 20-goal scorer and get that bad oh, contract yeah. from a desperate team. You know, the, this could be your next... Uh, the Seattle crack, yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I feel that's, like right. that's a quick one. This could be your next... Uh, what's the guy that signed with? A, a Voight Coleman. This could be your next... can't be that. But, it, can't, it, can't, it can't be that. For uh, multiple for reasons. <laughs> for a multitude of reasons, exactly. Now... Uh, moving on, and and we should say, the the deal. I've I've said this a lot this week. The deal would be fine as Zach Sanford for a fourth because we had to get under the cap, right? Mm. So um, that would be fine on its own. Logan Brown is the real wild card here, and he was really on the outs in Ottawa. Ottawa Senators fans, as I learned uh, the hard way, very not high on Logan Brown. Uh, but he's, he's like a Zach Sanford type. He's like a Zach Sanford type. Definitely two players that needed a change of scenery. But he is 6'6". He's 227 pounds. He was the 11th overall pick in 2016. I think he was the highest of the St. Louis picks from that year. Maybe really? maybe Clayton Keller was ahead of him. Must have been. What pick did you say? 11. 11? Wow, that is really early. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're PO'd. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see who came... It might have been Keller before him. Yeah, Quentin Keller went seventh. So, second highest pick of that group. Um, <laughs> Ian's weirdly taking pictures of our microphone, I think. Um, did, I, did I hit anything? No, I think, I I think we're good. Okay. Um, Logan Brown, nine points in 30 career NHL games, but 79 points in 94 games at the AHL level with Belleville. Not, you know, not Belleville over there. I always, I know that's not it, and I. But for it's like a he barely had to travel. Every time I'm like, oh, Belleville, Illinois. Yeah. Uh, 182 games in the OHL with Windsor and Kitchener. Those would be the Spitfires and the Rangers for those oh, who wow. you know, care about such a real junior, real simp. yeah, savant <laughs> over here. Um, he had 27 points in 19 games in his final playoff appearance with Windsor, and he won a or yeah, and he won a Memorial Cup with Windsor in 2016-17. A lot of good things said about um, Logan Brown that we'll talk about in a minute, but Ian Mendez of the Senators wrote that uh, the Logan Brown-Ottawa Senators' divorce has felt inevitable for a couple of years. Even though he was a first-round pick in 2016, he's never been able to carve out a full-time NHL job in five years. Injuries have played a major factor in his stunted development as he's been hurt in every season since turning pro in 2018. At times, it felt like the Senators have run out of patience with him, as other prospects like Josh Norris and Shane Pinto leapfrogged him on the depth chart. They opted to protect Brown in the Seattle expansion draft, which was more of a sign that they wanted to recoup some value for the asset. He's probably needed a fresh start in the new organization for a couple of years, so this move to St. Louis could help reinvigorate his game. If he ever stays healthy, Brown has all of the 
tools to be a prototypical top-end center. He's got size, soft hands, and tremendous vision. He's got an ability to make plays, but there are often questions about his speed. He'll never be an elite skater. There is enough skill there to potentially make him a productive NHL center. If he could just stay healthy and play with a productive winger, it's not unfathomable that Brown can still be a top six forward in this league since he's only 23 years old. He's pretty young. Yeah. These uh, takes from Scott Wheeler and Logan and um, Connor, I can't speak, Scott Wheeler, Corey Pronman of The Athletic uh, are a year old because they hadn't done all of their, I think, um, yeah, they're they're a year old because they hadn't done their prospect stuff this year and Pronman graduated him from his thing. Uh, Brown's ready to contribute as a full-time top nine forward in the NHL, says Wheeler a year ago, especially on a team as weak as Ottawa's. Um, I really believe that. It is, at his size, that's pretty rare. There aren't many forwards that size who can keep up in the NHL as more than fringe depth. I believe Brown's capable of being one of the exceptions to that rule, though. There's some inconsistency to his game, but I'd argue that injuries, circumstances, and perception have worked against him more than his own play has at this point. Brown's an excellent stick handler considering his length, deftly protecting pucks, delaying, and then facilitating for the outside in to feed his linemates in good spots with perfectly timed passes. He's also got a great deal of touch for his size, playing saucer passes off his backhand with proper weight. And while he's never going to be a long-range scorer, his shot is powerful when he has time to get it off, and then he's useful on redirects and tips in front of the net. There are times when he can play too passively for a player his size, but I think his lack of aggression, which exists, can be confused for a lack of effort, which I don't think is true of his game at all. And I heard lazy all the time for this dude from the Ottawa Senators fans. There are also times where his skating can slow down the game a little too much, but he directs play at his own pace really well to come. And then Corey Proman a year ago said, Brown, he gave his skating a 40, his puck skills a 60, his physical game a 70, and his hockey sense a 60. Brown was one of the top players for one of the best teams in the AHL. His skill was often on display, and he had the ability to take over a game with his offensive abilities. He's a great playmaker, showing the ability to run a pro power play with how quickly and effectively he can pick apart defenses and set up chances. He has high-end puck skills, and with his long reach, he can easily dangle around defenders. Brown is an imperfect player who, while big at six foot six, is also slow by NHL standards. His compete has improved over the years, even if he's not a well-rounded player still. I think he's going to be a good NHL player, but it is taking time and he will need to adjust to the NHL speed to play the way he does. The latest issue with Brown has been finding a way to stay healthy consistently. So my take on this is it feels like really a win-win-win for the Blues. Sanford's time had run out here. And we needed the $2 million because of the signing of Robert Thomas and Tyler Bozak and the not trading of Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, So the worst case scenario is they're cap compliant and they get a fourth round pick and Logan Brown never becomes anything. But we weren't going to probably re-sign Zach Sanford as a UFA next year. So like, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, And then the, uh, you know, the X factor is we've got a guy, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a hundred to one, maybe it's. 10 to 1, maybe it's 1,000 to 1. But we've got a guy that could be a really good, you know, at least middle six NHL center um, that's only 23 and is a hometown kid. And this would not be the first time that a young guy just needed a change of scenery to figure it out and take a step forward, you know? Um, and I don't know. To me, it's just a really a, a masterstroke by Doug Armstrong, you know? Yeah, I think... 
It's interesting because it feels like we got a younger version of Zach Samper, but also one with a higher ceiling. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's also a center. Um, so there's just a lot of, there's a lot more upside to him. And we got out from under, like just losing Samper for nothing, like you said. Yeah. And, and we, we lost the $2 million in cap space. So now we're cap compliant as well. So, mm -hmm. I mean... I don't know. I mean, I guess they could have gotten a prove a completely proven player that we know can play in like on the third line, no problem or something. But like then we'd 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 be packaging more at that point. So for what you can get for Zach Sanford, he did a lot. He did yeah. an awful lot for just trading one player for another player. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, he's. He's probably going to start in the AHL this season, almost certainly. Yeah. But he's played 30 NHL games, so he can definitely be kind of your first call-up sort of guy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if if, uh, if you have an injury, if like a Barbashev goes down, or even someone higher at the lineup, he can p come up and slot in. And you'll see what you see, but I'm, I'm looking at a guy that's probably happy as hell to be out of a team that really didn't give him a chance. Um and you look at his numbers, he's never struggled anywhere but the NHL. And this is a 30-game sample size, and he still has nine points. He's hardly been abysmal. Mm. You know, it's it's hard to adjust to the NHL. He's been really good at the AHL. He's been really good. He was really good in the OHL. He obviously impressed enough people to take get the 11th, be the 11th pick in a decent draft. Like, mm. It just seems like there's no, you know, it's just a nice, it's a really nice add to our pipeline, which was pretty dry. Um, you know, he'd probably be, I'd probably put him on a, on a third tier in the prospect pyramid. Third, mm. you know, dance him between third and fourth, but I'd probably nudge him up to third at yeah, this point. Yeah, I agree. Um, and we'll see what he sees. It, you know, I always think, well, he's a little injury prone. It's like, it's hard to know if you actually, if that's actually a thing. Or if he's just been unlucky and plus COVID seasons, you know, missing eight games in a COVID season looks like a lot more than missing it in a full season. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm trying to curtail my excitement and not convince myself that it's going to, you know, go down as one of the all-time worst trades. But uh, I feel really good about it. Anything else you want to say there? No, I'll just be interested to see how he does in, in camp. Yeah. Exactly, and that is ongoing. Blues extended Doug Armstrong for five years. Uh, this takes effect immediately, which is a little weird. That's not really an extension. Yeah. It's kind of like a contract rewriting. Yeah, like almost. a renegotiation. But, yeah. um, but good. I guess it gives us more flexibility if things go south. I guess. Um, I mean, I suppose, yeah. So instead of it being seven years, because mm -hmm. he was this year, and then he had a team option the year after... It's only five. Yeah. But again, like you said, at least you're not locked into somebody for seven years, which is, as much as I love Doug Armstrong, that's probably the better, yeah. better yeah. idea. Yeah. Uh, Stillman mentioned Armstrong making selfless decisions, uh, basically building for the future instead of trying to win now despite his contract running out. I wonder what he was talking about there. That was interesting to me. Yeah. Um, Armstrong, I did like this. He was asked kind of like what keeps him motivated to keep winning cups now that he's won one, and he said nothing. It's the player's game, and one of his motivations to keep going is that guys like Kairou and Krug uh, and members of the staff haven't won a Stanley Cup yet. Uh, and, you know, he did mention Jordan Kairou first. He's got a man crush on Jordan Kairou, mm -hmm. and who doesn't? 
Um, you know, so what are your thoughts on this? And, and, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly in favor of it. Yeah. No, to your, to your Cairo point real quick, we've, I sent you that JR article earlier today Uh and they talked about how, uh, or JR talked about how, um, Armstrong wanted to basically be able to give Prunovich hopefully a bigger shot, even Mm -hmm. though he's young and there's like much like Jordan Cairo last year. And I was like, yeah, Jordan Cairo was getting, was getting a pretty good shot last year. I mean, a completely permanent shot more so than a lot of other young players we've ever had. And I was like, yeah, I do wonder if within the organization they view him a lot more favorably than some other younger players they've seen. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, back to Doug Armstrong. I mean, I'm glad he's here. I'm super glad he's here for five more years. We can look at some moves he's made in the past and, you know, be like, eh, you know, the Ryan Miller trade could have been better, but oh well. Or signing LaTerra for as long as he did when he did you know that's not as great or whatever but i think his hits vastly outweigh his misses mm-hmm. and a lot of his misses he's honestly gotten out from under <laughs> i mean yeah. i know you could say well you shouldn't have i always see people go well you shouldn't have had to have made that decision in the first place and it's like yeah i get it in the perfect world sure but you you gotta applaud someone for having a miss and then be like and then i traded there them are, a couple of years later there are literally no gms that have a faultless record Mm-hmm. Even Steve Eiserman signed Tyler Johnson to like six years at five point five. Well, you know, like yeah, yeah. It, that to me is just like I know there are people out there that really aren't fans of Doug Armstrong, and it's just like you are delusionable. 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 They are delusional. <laughs> Encourage You are delusional about the alternatives. Oh that are yeah, out that's there. the thing. It's you like, are completely delusional. He's a he's a fine GM at worst yeah. because what's out there is I would awful. say pretty good GM yeah. at worst. Like the alternatives are Peter Shirelli, for example. Yeah, that's another good piece about this, right? And we talked about it last yeah. week with the Peter Shirelli like hiring or official hiring to be what was it, vice president of hockey ops, I think it was. Um, so, I mean, we were worried. There were some other folks that were worried, like, what does this mean for Doug Armstrong? You know, he's only got two years left. Well, now he's got five years. Um, it seems like Peter Shirelli is being held back at bay from being GM. Hopefully Armstrong, I think Armstrong, barring some unforeseen weird personal issue or whatever, is going to be here all five years. Oh, I don't yeah. think he's getting fired. So Shirelli's next window for being a GM and for the Blues is five years from now and I think they're both the same age so he'll be like 63 and granted Lou Lamorello is a GM so you can be a GM when you're like 95 or whatever but I'm guessing hopefully that there's going to be a GM position to open up somewhere else or just a better position within a hockey organization um, for Shirelli to go to or at very least Doug Armstrong coaches him into a great future GM in waiting, but it was just nice to be able to push that worry off further away than two years um, for us to not have to think about. Yeah. And and to, um, to Stillman's point, yeah, it's good to see Doug Armstrong here for a long amount of time, but it's also good to hear that he was already making moves that were better for the team, you know, in the future, even if he wasn't going to be here. Mm-hmm. And now we have to worry about that even less because that was my one worry. It was like, well, he's only got two years here. Maybe he's really going to try and push for another cup in these two years. And then when we have shitty contracts from the push he made and the trades he made, he'll be like, ah, whatever. And he's going to jump ship. But now that he's here for five years, 
Um, it just makes you feel that much more comfortable with the moves he's making and that he's... I wonder if this changes the two-year window. Mm -hmm. I wonder if this is no longer a two-year window as much yeah. because he can now think a little more long-term. Or, you know, he can, he can really realize seems, he can build something beyond two years. It seems like that was maybe an illusion a little bit anyway. I mean, if well, we're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly's still got two years left in yeah. his contract, so sure, but like, it exists. Zach Sanford, you wouldn't have traded Zach Sanford if you were all in for this year. Like, mm -hmm. if you were all, all, all true, in for true. this year, you probably would have kept the good penalty killer for $2 million that is, you know, not going to cost you that much. And, and, you know, I'm not saying we're not all in for this year, quote unquote, but I'm just saying, like, are we really kind of in this artificial two-year window the Perunovic thing, too. Like, I we'll talk about this quickly. Well, we can maybe talk about it during the preseason games. But, like, I believe that the final top four spot is earmarked for him, personally. I mean, maybe not right out of the gate. Maybe he mm. still starts on the third line. But I believe he's... I believe they plan for him to make this team out of the gate. Which I didn't think until I saw him in Traverse City. And then when I'd seen him in person, I thought... Oh my God! There's no way if I'm seeing this that all the actual professionals are not. And you know, Scott Wheeler said something almost word for word like he's not in. He should earn his spot territory. He's in. We have to make room for this guy, even at the expense of a veteran territory. Mm. Um, he does save you money if you like cut a guy, even like a Bortuzzo. Not that they necessarily would, but like, um, I think I think they're gonna make a spot for him because they didn't. You know, part of it is they did not go out and make another defensive move this summer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that that's another thing where it's like, I think he's your best option for this year. But if you're committing to the kids, maybe you're also thinking a little bit further ahead, you know. True, true. So anyway, um, I'm very happy about Doug Armstrong saying because, like I said, I know... I am not delusionable about the alternatives. <laughs> I think they said this will make him the longest tenured GM in Blues history. Right Probably, after, yeah. or right before. I think it's two and a half seasons or more yeah. he has to play, something like that. And then the it was just his uh, the previous GM that was here the longest was at Plo. So we got we've got some decent ones the last little while. So just keep it up. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, I got to watch some of the Blues-Minnesota game and none of the Blues-Stars game. Uh, James Neal scored a hat trick. Does he make the roster in? No. Yeah, probably no. not. No. I mean, it's fun. but <laughs> I did see some people. What was the tweet? Someone was like, this is before the Zach Sanford trade, right? Yeah. Somebody was like... Do with Sanford? Yeah. No, somebody, somebody, I believe, tweeted... That like, well, if Zach Sanford's gone, that's just proof that James Neal is making oh, this roster. And I'm like, but how though? <laughs> Dude, seriously, if James Neal makes a roster, like that means that means Clem Costin, that means Logan Brown, that means um I mean even some like Dakota Joshua, all these people like played like dog shit. And I refuse <laughs> fucking dog shit. <laughs> and I just refuse to believe that. So in that case that means they're just giving him a spot for no good reason, which is yeah, also I mean dumb. the only the only scenario for him making the roster is either injuries um or he just plays out of his ever loving mind and 
Listen, a hat trick is cool, but first of all, the first one was a joke. I didn't yeah. see the other two, but the first one Oh, the one last was... one was Empty Netter. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, then he, he scored one goal. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the last one was Empty Netter. Um, um, but yeah, this is one of those things, too, where like, we were we were kind of iffy on Mike Hoffman last year. He turned it on towards the end, like the last half of the season, and that's great. But this is like a worse Mike Hoffman. He was better than Mike Hoffman at his peak when mm-hmm. they were both at their peaks, but now he's... Uh, gone past my no, he's very old yeah he's very old yeah it's not it's how old is he actually in like 33 bro? 34 i want to say okay i mean james neal was good for 20 goals for like eight seasons straight years, or something yeah. like it was it was money 34 yep he's uh, just not he's not there no more let me ask this question though if james neal opened a bar how cheap would his shots be <laughs> James, if you go in the corner with three opposing players and you only have two elbows, who? How do you decide who to knee? <laughs> so, so James Neal used to be, and I don't know if he still is because he doesn't really play no more. Used to be kind of dirty, uh. but like underrated dirty because he was like a very skilled and good player. But then this he was one like, of my favorite stories ever. Was he on the Penguins? I think it was on the Penguins. Penguins or, or Predators? But yeah, the Penguins basically handed their Twitter over to him for a fun little like, hey, the fans can tweet at us and then he'll respond it's james neal running our twitter account and basically all these opposing fans like flyers fans and whatnot just ask him a bunch of just <laughs> silly asshole questions <laughs> to really piss him off and i've obviously didn't respond to any of these but yeah i was like james if like you keep the peanut butter within arm's distance do you still leave your feet out of habit to reach it <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, oh, that stuck with me for so long. Okay, all right. Uh, so, yeah, you won't be here. Anything from the Blue Stars game that deserves um, discussion, other than that sick tweet about Sam Annis being a skater boy? Sam Annis. Um, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I think neighbors, neighbors stood out to Baruby. Uh Baruby said he's just smart. He's like a dog on a bone. He gets after the puck. He gets after the puck, which he said twice. Uh, he's strong on it. He knows how to get him get it from people. He has a nose for the net and gets in those little areas. I really like his hockey sense and his work. That ethic. dude is a Craig Berube right. player. Right. <laughs> I mean, Rutherford made it seem like he's the got the best shot of any like young forward to make this team. It's one of those like he's Which, got a like, pretty good shot at it, but there's also nine people in front of him that are have played in the NHL, so he won't make it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those. But they're like gonna also, pa- yeah. Clem. Oh, what's yeah. going on then? <laughs> That's the thing. If Jake, if Jake Neighbors makes the team, Clem Costin is toast. Yep. <laughs> I'm toast. If, if, uh, Jake, if, Jake, <laughs> if Jake Neighbors makes the team, you yourself, admit it yourself, that you suck. suck. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Uh, people really are going to have to just watch all of I Think You Should Leave to even understand yeah, they, this show. They uh, sponsor this podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, they might as well. Um, CalicoCutPants.com does sponsor this podcast. Uh, I rewatched that one today. Yeah. Better. It was. It, was, <laughs> it gets better. better. <laughs> it gets better with time. <laughs> all right. Uh, Perunovic also, I hear, Tell looked pretty good yeah. in this game. He's, I think he had two assists, maybe just the one. He's quite quite gifted he's quite a good player of the hockeys so anything else you want to talk about from the blues or the nhl um the word on the street 
are that Quinn Hughes um, and Elias Pettersson are close to signing <laughs> contracts. Uh, the word on the street is not that Brady Kachuk is anywhere close oh, to signing no. a contract, as we'll talk about later So on. all those guys were playing, what, they were like in Michigan or something, uh-huh. having fun, shits and giggles, so those other two are just going to leave, Yeah, and it's just going to be Brady I'll, Kachuk. I'll, can I just say, I always love any time on Twitter that like a blue check mark, like a very legitimate reporter hmm. tweets something and then somebody else like five minutes later, even if they are also a blue check mark, retweets it and says, I can confirm this. I'm like, you get nothing. <laughs> you lose. I, I have also confirmed of my sources. <laughs> yeah. Steven, I now know it's that like, Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes are It's like, oh man, until uh, Stephen Ellis, THN, said can confirm this i really thought thomas drance was going to risk his <laughs> reputation on lying about the elias Pettersson contract negotiations do they say it's how many years for hughes six uh and then six three for, for 7.75 or so and then yeah Pettersson was like three by eight they kind of made a big deal of this for not a it being a big deal so that's like what that's sick about 16 million and i think they have almost 14 million in cap space yeah. so they're only like two million over yeah a lot of people like that um just trade tanner pearson you're fine <laughs> like it's it's no big deal a lot of people like that quinn hughes contract and i hate it i just think it's like they shouldn't have gone six years they should have gotten seven at least seven if they were going almost eight million is he it was coming off a bad year i was gonna say is he that good i think he's very good i do think he's very good but like they're in a position where they should have negotiated better these young guys getting really big contracts (laughs) off their entry level deals just it still doesn't it's still it's been happening for a while, but I'm still not used to it. And that I'm still scares really me unless, unless you are like the Connor McDavid or whoever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like how many Quayton Kellers are there out there? Not a lot, but some. There's mm. at least Quayton Keller. <laughs> um you I mean, know you get some like and again, like Clayton Keller's. Oliver Ackman Larson, I guess he wasn't right off. He was like <sighs> that was we'll talk about yeah, him we'll funny later. That. But um yeah, it's just I don't know. I'm glad. I'm glad to see like Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo get the like bridge deals. Right, you know? me too. Uh, all right, you ready to dig into the muck? Right oh, yeah. into the muck, folks. If you've never been with us before, this is the misery index. <laughs> we rank. This is our thing. This isn't TBS's no, thing. No, actually, you know, we were first. I, I don't think that thing exists anymore. No, probably not. Yeah, we were here first, yeah. and we're here last. That's right, Jamila Jamil. Nobody's going to hear about you in five years, but the Two Guys One Cup podcast, we're where it's at. Impractical Jokers, more like Impractical No Shokers. <laughs> Got it. <'em. laughs> <laughs> All right. I will put that at about 32 on the Misery Index. Uh, the Misery Index, the concept's pretty simple. Uh, we look at all the teams in the league and try to rank them 1 to 32 based on how miserable their fans are or how happy they are. Or should be. Um, or should be. And we focus on things like their general manager. How good is he at his job? Their current team and how successful it is. Their prospects for the future and their contract situation. Uh, you know, if, if a team is... Uh, moderately successful but they have no prospects of improving and their their you know their pipeline is weak and their contracts are overburdened they're going to fall Hooping. lower on the scale 
But if it's a team that's, you know, typically if it's a team that's been kind of bad or okay, but they're improving, a Los Angeles Kings, for example, there might be higher on the scale. They're number one. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I was say, there are some teams that you would typically look at and be like, well, isn't that a bad team that uh-huh. has prospects coming that are going to get better and they're on the verge of becoming a decent team that are going to be higher. So yeah. like you said, LA, teams like that. And then teams that are pretty good that are on the downswing you're gonna see lower i don't know if we have any actually good teams mm -hmm. in the bottom 10 like really good but within the middle 12 of this there's some teams like i'm thinking the capitals the penguins Mm -hmm. that are like that's still a team that competes but that's also a team that in three or four years is gonna be dog shit yeah we tend to both i think really prize like the future (sighs) of hockey Uh, sometimes sometimes I look at like teams like Ottawa or whatever, uh-huh. and I know they would hate this, but I'm kind of like, I wish I was you. Yeah. Not, not, not actually the Ottawa Senators, because right. that would be terrible. But I if wish you the... could give Doug Armstrong yeah. the Ottawa Senators yeah. roster, though. Oh, I'm mm. like, oh, no, no, no. It's so good. I'm like, please. Give me Even all give of me Zach your... Sanford right back. Give him right back. Give me us. all of that young talent, baby. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It w- it's a lot of fun to Some, manage a team. From... Sometimes looking forward to Christmas is better than Christmas. Yeah, yeah, because like right now, you don't get to grow with any of these players. You know, you don't. You get to watch like Robert Thomas grow, but mm-hmm. he's not like growing as a unit with the team, and they're all yeah. coming and like they'll you know they'll make the playoffs. They're like the Maple Leafs, you know, in four or five years ago. They make their first playoffs, and they they get smoked, and they're way out of their league. But do they have puck? Mm. And then hopefully, unlike the Maple Leafs, they then progress from there <laughs> and don't just keep losing. Well, I was like, the closest thing I can think of to the Blues in recent memory is like Oshie, Berglund, Perron. Uh, back this was a couple years before them but yeah we we're just like oh okay this team we weren't very good and now we have this young fun core yeah like, a kid line like it's exciting it's it's i remember that even being like a relatively new blues fan at the time like that was that was fun yeah um so yeah so we value that <laughs> all right so let's dive into it with i would say almost a tie for the first place yeah i would um, sort of kind of hard to separate the colorado avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Colorado, alphabetically first, in both first and last name, but not middle name, <laughs> because they ain't got one. Uh, so let's start with them. Farm System ranked eighth by The Athletic. These are Corey Provin's rankings, yep. I assume. Yep, yep. Uh, they have Joe Sackick, the reborn, the formerly... You remember when we were all like, I don't think Joe Sackick's very good, and now he's like obviously one of the best GMs yeah. in the league. Uh, they finished second and first in their division the last two years and lost in the second round the last three years in a row. Um, I I wrote down the three worst contracts for each team. Sometimes I'm not going to read them because it doesn't even matter. But this, <laughs> in this case, Eric Johnson, two years at $6 million per, is like really the only thing you can kind of balk at. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if he's healthy, he could still probably play a role. Uh, your thoughts on the Colorado Avalanche? I mean... You have a core of, and I think we said it even last year, it was the same core. McKinnon, McCarr, Rotten, Landeskog, Byram. You have like a second wave of, oh no, they don't have Donskoy anymore. Uh, Kadri, uh, Jomper, Tomper, Comper, right? <laughs> and it's like, you have, um, what's his face as our goalie now? I keep on saying Grubauer, Kemper. but he's gone. Kemper, I am going to get 
every effing goalie wrong this year because they, they all, all moved. moved. Every one of them moved. But like, <laughs> and Kemper's like a little bit of a health risk, but he's still a very good goalie. So yeah. I don't know how you look. And at even this. if they lose Kemper, Pavel Francouz has been yeah. really good when he's healthy. I don't know how you look at this team and think like you wouldn't want to be them. Yeah. You definitely want to be them. Having that core and having a, a farm system that's eighth. Now, granted that some of those include Byram and some of these guys that are going to be graduating pretty soon, but like. That's really good. That yeah. bodes really well for your future. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, 30th farm system, GM Julian Brisebois. They won the Stanley Cup the last two years. I'm not introducing any of you to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They do have a couple of contracts. You know, Steven Stamkos is a, a heart and soul player, but with his health concerns, you probably don't love that you're paying him $8.5 million for three more years. And Ryan McDonough, somewhere like, I know he's he's beloved and he's an important part of their defense, but $6.75 million for five more years, a little, a little yeesh. And also, I don't know why they, of all teams, needed to give Corey Perry a second year to sign for $1 million, but like... Whatever. That's always um, weird. That's always like the little the little spice they give people. Like, look, I know you've been doing one year contracts, but how about two just for yeah. The security? Yeah. Um, yeah. And as you say here, sure, they might have a weak pipeline, but that's going to happen when you win two uh, Stanley Cups in a row. And also, they do better at making their players into successful right. NHLers than any organization. You can't tell me Ross Colton even makes cracks the NHL on any other team. <laughs> well, who's the other one? Whoever, like Josephson or something. Oh, Robert Matthew Joseph. Joseph yeah. yeah. That dude's going to be fine. Like, yeah. He's going to be a totally, he's going to be a great player. But if, like you said, if he was on Anaheim, uh, he'd be forgotten and yeah. gone. So yeah, they, they do great with what they that, have. That Syracuse Crunch organization, I believe. Isn't uh, that yeah. They're, uh, yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah, those two, those two to me, pretty pretty undisputably in a tier of their own in this if if this were a misery pyramid they would be the tier one teams they may next year we do a misery pyramid and a prospect index i like that um the vegas golden knights are number third 19th farm system kelly mccriminal (laughs) that was fun i don't know why i did that uh he lost in the conference finals in the last two years him personally and then signed alex petrangelo signed alec martinez Evgeny Dedonov was a real head-scratcher of a trade. Um, This is a team that is certainly going to be in contract hell, but they seem to just keep adding on, but they're still very good, and they've never, ever, ever, ever been bad still. So your thoughts on the Vegas Golden Knights? Yeah, I was going to say, if you look at them now, they're just a super well-balanced team, like extremely competitive. That's... That's exactly what, when I look at them, I always think, man, this is what I want my team to be. When they played, they lost to Montreal, who they played before Colorado, they looked nuts. Yeah. I thought there's no way this team doesn't win the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup. I thought it was like one of the most dominating performances I've ever seen from a team. Like, And it was a little bit in spurts, obviously, against Colorado, but they looked amazing. Um, yeah, I'm, like we said, they could slip pretty quick. If one of their trying to like blockbuster trades they seem to make every year, one of their big signings they seem to make every year is just for too much money for too long, or or the trade they finally make is a big bust. But um, and like you said, that in a couple of years they're going to be in contract hell, and they're going to have some older guys too. I think that's a big piece too. They have a lot of like older players or like um, guys that are slowly coming out of their prime right now, and I had I haven't paid that much attention to their 
their farm system or anything, but I don't know if they have any young guys that are coming in that are going to be able to fill the shoes of those old dudes right away. You know I what believe I mean? Peyton Krebs is viewed very highly mm. as a potential center, a top six sort of center, but beyond that, I don't know much. I was going to say, the one actual downside that they have currently on this team, you know, if you take away like future contracts and stuff like that, is that they don't have center depth. Yeah, Chandler Stevenson's your first or line cent- center. Or center anything. They yeah. don't have centers. So that's that's one thing they'll have to shore up. But again, I would still Peyton, love to be this team. Peyton Krebs ranked first overall in their pipeline by yeah. uh, Mr. Uh, Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> They've also got Nolan Patrick, which was a cool little depth oh, ad right. for them. Yeah, yeah. That was a smart little... Uh, I, be- I bet you he works out there. I bet you he yeah. turns into a decent player yeah. there. So... Um, honestly, and I don't mean to, I'm not trying to belittle their fans at all here, but like, cause I'm sure they're smart and they're keen to like what the salary cap and stuff. But like, even if you're for them more than any other team, even if you see the looming danger of salary cap, hell, you've got to kind of feel like doesn't matter cause we've never been bad. So why would we be bad then? They'll just mm-hmm. fix it again. You know, like <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I don't know what bad looks like on this, my hockey Yeah. Team. This team has been charmed. Uh, by the gods, and um, you know, there's no. They literally have nothing about which to be angry, except maybe that that offsides call or something. Yeah. Didn't they get screwed by one of the sharks' calls? Oh, the the major wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, the major penalty. Major. That's like their only unfortunate incident in their history. So that's the know. only time I side with that team. In the team's history, I realize when they started, Vegas had the tragedy there, but I didn't want anyone <laughs> to think I was being glib. <laughs> But, you know. So you've been um, covering all his bases. That's right. You can't sue. <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm not worried about any of this. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Um, I know there's one move that could put people lower on this list, and we'll talk about him. Um, but they have the second farm system, which is gross. Uh, they have Don Waddell, who, despite the obstacles put forth by their owner, has done a phenomenal job building this team. Uh, they went to the conference finals, the first round and the second round, in that order in recent years. They do have Jake Gardner and Anthony D'Angelo, and they have Jess Barry Kotkaniemi's ridiculous contract, but that's purposefully ridiculous. Um... They have Rob Brindamore, who's a fantastic head coach. The biggest concern here is the owner, and then obviously the Tony D'Angelo move, but I repeat myself. Um, that's a on one Carolina. year. I was like, that's a one year deal. Yeah, too. I mean, it, it's not good. I mean, I get it. It's not good for no, them to do No, but, but I kind of agree. Like, we love dunking on it, but it's like some team was going to do it. You know, like, I mean, I don't, I hate to use that excuse, but like. Again, this, we can't act like Carolina is uniquely horrible, like nobody else would have done that. That is you know? true. I do. It is one of those things, like all of these teams, and not maybe not all of them, but a good chunk of them would just be like, whatever, no big yeah. deal, anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like Carolina because they, to me, feel like what the New Jersey Devils should be or could be, where they're like young and fun and they wear red. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Carolina, like if you're talking about performance wise, that is a big part of being what the devil should be. Right, uh, their goaltending is a little suspect, but again, that's more just like right now on this team versus like again. Yeah, I mean that a, Nadelkovich trade is was was pretty yeah. ish, but but I, they're still a great team. I think they're going to finish probably like top two, top uh-huh. three for sure within their division this year, 
and they don't they don't seem like they're slowing down. They have a lot of their key guys locked up for a long time to contracts that they all pretty much deserve at this point. So yeah, I, I really like the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm surprised they finally got themselves out of the hell they were in for like the previous, I don't know, but they started getting good maybe like three years ago, four years ago. But prior to that, they had been bad since they had won the cup. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised that they got out of it at all because it seems like a lot of teams these days that are bad, as we'll talk about later, uh, have They're stayed bad. bad. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Carolina a lot. They're a lot of fun. They've got a really, uh, really happy, hot fan base. Um, and um, fan base is hot. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, what's not to like? Except for the the D'Angelo signing, the Nadelkovic trade. I mean, okay, there are a couple things not to like, but people, you if just you take, had to deal with. If it. you had erased the season. Yeah, if you erase the summer, bad. nobody has any complaints. Yeah, the summer would be so fine. Shut up. Uh, the Florida <laughs> Panthers in fifth place here. The farm system is 18th. The general manager is Bill Zito. Uh, <laughs> you your, know him. You love him. Is your name also Bill? No. <laughs> I'm so fucking confused. <laughs> Uh, all right, all right. Uh, they came in first place in their division last year after being the team that was supposed to break out finally for so many years. Yeah. They came, they 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 done and they went broke out. Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky is there, but they've got you know one of the best young goalies potentially in the world behind him. A lot of youth, a lot of fun depth, a lot of fun players. One of the best centers in the world that they do need to re-sign in Sasha Barkov. Um, but everybody wants to come play in Florida, and now that the Panthers are relevant, um, you know, who's who's not going to want to play there? They're, the... they're going to be the Lightning now, where anybody will play there for any price. Um, you know, it's it's different because you don't have quite the fan base, but don't also you're in. more in Miami, which is probably a hotter you know city for people so you are closer to the you are closer to the cool stuff in yeah. florida having been to florida not nearly as many times as you've been <laughs> granted you've been in jackson well that's true so um, i haven't i haven't been to the cool stuff you've been to florida either, either. <laughs> um yeah and i mean they've got joel quinville right which is a big attraction too as far as coaches yeah. are concerned yeah i like florida another team much like carolina that had been so bad for so long that has actually finally managed to dig themselves out of a ditch yeah a some of those teams raise rise a little higher here because it is like specifically they finally have their accomplishments they're interesting to watch speaking of which into. the montreal canadians <laughs> They could go real south on this list real fast, potentially. But, hey, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year with Mark Bergevin as their general manager. Their farm system is 12th. They have a hot young center in Nick Suzuki. They have a really good goaltender in Carey Price, an overpriced goaltender. No pun intended. But a good goaltender nonetheless. They also have Jake Allen. Who doesn't love having Jake Allen? Um, They are a solid team all around with some good young pieces um, Cole Caulfield, you know, could win mm. the uh, projected to potentially win the Calder Trophy this year. What do you like about the Canadians? I think they're I think they're <laughs> younger than people think they are. I think some of their older guys are on expiring contracts. Mm. Shea Weber's done though, right? Maybe uh, if, the, if they make the playoffs again, yeah. we'll find out. Montreal, I like, but I also feel like could really be. 
on an the, illusion. Could be an illusion, yeah. I think, like, we obviously know they're not the as... The Dallas Stars of this year, perhaps. Right. They're not as good as they were last year as their cup final appearance would make you think. Are they going to be this year's last year's Dallas Stars? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems very likely. But, I, but like you said, there's also Nick Suzuki, there's Cole Caulfield. There's a lot on that team that could take the off. defense isn't make-believe you know that the system yeah. and the defense is strong who's I'm, their head coach currently oh uh ducharme yeah little you know some questions about his mm. legitimacy but you know overall on the whole very good team yeah um yeah what's the complaint about what's to dislike here the Edmonton Oilers have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and really, what else do you need? They made the playoffs only twice in the last years, but they did do it last year, so didn't Not win a game, trend. but they made it. Um, oh, they've got the greatest player in the world, and maybe the second greatest player in the world, certainly one of the top five or ten. I um, when you have at least two top five. I would say top, top five. T- like players probably. in your team. Yeah, I mean, they're. You could really argue they're a little lower. They haven't seen much success. Mm-hmm. They um, have Ken Holland as their GM, but he seems to be doing the right things. I was gonna say, I'm... but does he? I mean, he 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 is overpaying middle six guys too much money. Oh which yeah, is a Ken Holland special, but. Um, you know, the Zach Hyman contract's going to suck in a couple of years, but it's real good right now. Um, and Duncan Keith is like, you know, I don't like it. He's not good, but also I kind of, I get how a GM talks himself into like, we need playoff grit, playoff experience, Mm. cup winning. We need rings in the room, as they love to say. And Duncan Keith has a lot of them. So like... You know, I think you could argue they're potentially a little lower than this, but I also I think I'm the one that said, hey, let's put Edmonton in the top ten. So, really stabbing you in the back. What do you like about the Oilers? <laughs> I was like, I'd probably still put them in our top ten, maybe a little lower, but I am I am uh, bullish. That's good, right? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm <laughs> bullish on them, though, this season, because like you said, I think there's some contracts that are going to look pretty bad in the future here, but I do think they, they look like they should be a little harder to play against, which is, I'm sure what Ken Holland went out and was trying to do with some of those signings with Hyman and such. Uh, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, really the worst part about being the Edmonton Oilers, at least with your, um, recent playoff woes is that they don't call penalties yeah. in the playoffs as we've talked about. Yeah, so I mean, that's rough. they can just mug McDavid and dry all they like. So hopefully maybe, with Hyman and crew in tow, you can kind of uh, play that game a little bit more. The yeah. playoff-style game, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I really like them. Winnipeg Jets, I mean, their fans live in Winnipeg, so that, yeah. that alone could put them lower. And there's no <laughs> airport to escape. Uh, Kevin Shovelday off has been their man at the top for maybe as long as they've been the Winnipeg Jets. I think so. I think um, so. The 20th Farm System... Made the playoffs three of the last four years. They have arguably the second best goalie in the world who is an American. Looking at you, USA. And uh, almost no bad contracts to speak of, except it did tragically occur to me that Joshua Morrissey, not that great a player this time. Uh, You know, I looked him up on Alta Vista. (laughs) (laughs) I looked him up on uh, Evolving Hockey. And his chart's not that flattering, so... Sixteen clumsy and shy That's the story of my life Um, 
other than that, that that was more of a personal heartbreak, and his contract is long and bad. But other than that, they're a consistently good team. They they're one of these teams that like if they made a run and pushed into the conference final or even the Stanley Cup final, like it wouldn't shock you. You mm-hmm. wouldn't be like picking your jaw up off the floor. They swept the Oilers last year and then got swept by the Canadians. I think so. Yeah, but um, there's yeah, been a lot of that in the last couple yeah. of years. Yeah, but um, I think it's because, like, you don't learn how to deal with adversity in the playoffs in the first round, you know, because you didn't have any. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, f- I feel I feel we're entering that territory of, like, I don't have strong feelings about the team, but, like, mm. there's nothing wrong with the uh, Jets. How do you feel? You're in that, like, if you break things in, like, five tiers, you're kind of in, like, that tier two where it's like, this is a good team. And I don't really have as many questions about it. Whereas you get to like the mid teens, you're like, this team is either way. Or yeah. what are you? At least yeah. I know the Winnipeg Jets are still a good team. Um, yeah, I'm. I like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if they went deep in the playoffs at any given time because they have a team that really feels like it's. They've got good players on it, but no one on that team is like a superstar. Mm-hmm. And they feel like they're built by committee, but they feel like built by committee and like good. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of teams that are built by committee and you're like, yeah, that's because you had to. And you're the Columbus <laughs> Blue Jackets and it's still not working. Your committee's bad. Yeah. Um, but Winnipeg, I mean, Blake Wheeler, Shifley, Kyle Connor. Who else they got there? I was going to say Patrick Line, he's gone. Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yep. Uh, your defense got a lot better. They addressed that with like two moves this this summer by getting, who is it, Brendan Dillon? Is that one of them? Brendan Dillon and Dillon DeMello and Nate Schmidt. Nate Schmidt, yeah. Josh Morrissey, we just talked about, but Neil Pionk, Pionk. is very underrated. My, yeah. bo- my boy, Neil Pionk. He is. Um, I mean, I think I really liked what they did this summer. So yeah. I think they look like a much stronger team. Uh, Logan Stanley's on their defense, too. He can He can clean your carpets or... What's Morgan Stanley? They're like an invest, investment. Yeah. You think about Stanley Steamer? That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Stanley <laughs> you're like, why Steamer. is it cleaning carpets and also investing? <laughs> we'll clean your carpets and find you money. I'll pick up the quarters out of your carpets. You could invest this. <laughs> Ian, I did go ahead and move the New York Islanders up above these last two teams we've wow. talked about. I've done it, An and audible. here's why. Here's why. 27th farm system you don't love. Lou Lamorello will die on the job. You don't love that. <laughs> but uh, they, lost, a crime scene. they lost in the conference finals two years in a row. Here's the thing. They've got Matthew Barzell. Mm. They've got Barry Trotz. They win, 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 win. It might not be the most exciting hockey, but they win all the time. They've got not one but two really good goaltenders. And the reason I moved them up more than anything is they've got a brand new arena. And they feel good about their that means security and their, their long-term future. They know where they're going to play finally now and they're not bouncing around. So I moved them up so that when I never do actually make a graphic of this to tweet out, because I forgot to with the prospect pyramid too, <laughs> that they'll be in the right place. <laughs> do you disagree with my moving them up? And how do you feel about the uh, Islanders? Under the Canadians now, but above the Oilers and Jets. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. I mean, they're... An extremely solid team, like you said. You there. would almost think that these rankings are largely arbitrary. <laughs> they are not. These are law. <laughs> law that you can switch very quickly, much like any other laws. They're a solid team. 
a very, very, very solid team, which really when you say that over and over again just means boring, uh-huh. um, which is fine. But like you said, they win, they win, they win, they win. They're not necessarily built for the regular season. I mean, they they are in that they get in the playoffs, but then the playoffs, they're just, I mean, excruciating to play against. Yeah. I would not want to play against them in the playoffs. No. Um, because they just, they suffocate Un- you. Unpleasant. Yeah. That's... Even if you win, you're not going to enjoy yourself. Mm. Uh, Moving back down two more spots to the New York uh, Rangers. They have the fourth farm system. They have Chris Drury as their general manager, newly appointed. They haven't made the playoffs since 2017. They've got extremely great young talent. They've got Artemi Panarin. Mm -hmm. They've got Madison Square Garden. And they've got... (laughs) Oh, my God. What? I am so tired or out of it that you're like, they've got (laughs) Artemi Panarin. They've got Madison Square Garden. I'm like, who's Madison Square Garden? For literally half a second, I was like, Madison Square Garden? Who is that? Jesus. It's like Jaden Schwartz at Madison Square Garden. Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, they have Madison Square Garden, a great young defenseman. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Jesus. All right. All right, all right, all right. Okay, my big concern is they also have James Dolan. That is a big concern. Um, that's honestly probably, I think, why we knocked them down more to the the high end of the middle tier. Much like um, Carolina, right? If you yeah. erase this past summer, higher in the rankings. Oh, much higher, Much yeah. higher, but they had the summer they had where they decided, we need to get big and fisty. <laughs> they're just they're just fisting their way all across oh, the God, eastern that's all they want to do <laughs> james dolan just says i want a fist and i want a fist and i want a fist oh, strap in folks chris jury we haven't even gotten to the bad teams yet <laughs> chris jury is scared on the other end of the phone he doesn't know what's happening get his mic off he's got a hot mic turn it off James Dolan always has a hot mic. Any mic that touches him is hot, baby. <laughs> Woo! But yeah, I mean, what do you complain about, really, if you're the Rangers fans? I mean, sucking for five years, wasting Henrik Lundqvist's prime. You know, little things. But, but uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, small things. Uh, I really realized the other day that Jacob Truba's not that good a player. Um, that Barclay Goodrow contract is, it's sus, as the kids say. Mm-hmm. Are you proud of me? <laughs> did I do it? Did I do it? Are you proud of it. me, Father? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, really exciting young team. They've got Capo Caco. They've got Alexi Lafreniere. They've got Adam Fox. What does the Fox say? He says, I just won the Norris <laughs> Trophy. Uh, there's a plenty to be excited about there. Uh, what, uh, any final thoughts on the New York Rangers? I love them. Those jerseys are great. Oh. Number one, I think number one in the jerseys. Yeah, I mean they're clean, they're they're classic. <laughs> What's not to like? I mean, wasting Henrik on again, again, just again. wasting that's, that man's career. That's the biggest thing, probably not to like. Uh, but hey, they're going to retire his jersey this year, so that's got to count for something. Ha! <sighs> All right, um, our top ten. Is that our top ten? That was our top. That's 10. the end of our ten. That's the end of our tenny for now. No, no. Nope. 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 Hard we, pass. Hard we pass. The, we have the middling 12. Reboot the middling 12 and we'll fire through them. We've got the Los Angeles Kings. They've got the fifth farm system. Um, I My big concern with the Kings is 
they're like they didn't tear down long enough mm-hmm. and they're going to have some like contracts that really linger as they start to try and be a good team again. Most notably Drew Doughty's six years at $11 million when he's already not that good a player and Angie Kopitar three more years at $10 million when he's still a really good player. Isn't that bad? Um, but like there's some contracts on there that are like real yikes. And then the decision to go out and be like, we got to get Philip Deneau. I'm like, did you, though? Did you, though? Did as, you, though? As your second center? Yeah. So, I he's mean... He's not even offensively gifted. I, I think the Kings are kind of a little lower here, because even though things seem to be headed in the right direction, there's no proof of concept yet. I haven't seen this team really thrive. I haven't seen Quentin Byfield do uh, anything, because I don't think he played in the NHL last year. If he did, it was in, in spurts. Um can I really quickly interrupt us to make a point I wanted to make at the top? Be talking about seeing players in markets oh, okay. I haven't seen. Bravo to the NHL and to ESPN for just making ESPN Plus their version of NHL TV. Oh, yeah, 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 That's yeah. fantastic. I love um, that much better than having to buy some other weird NHL-specific service. For $124 that the interface oh, wasn't any good. It was so bad. It was hard to follow. Listen, all these leagues want to make money off their streaming service, right? And my thought is, why don't you just make the game easy to find? Mm-hmm. Are you not going to make a thousand times? Aren't you going to make more money off of making one person a lifetime fan of the NHL than you would off of selling like 50 NHL TV <laughs> packages? Like maybe not yeah. 50, but 10, at least five. Like there is much more chance that somebody's going to be flipping through ESPN boards, ESPN plus boards some night, see that the. Kraken and Canucks are on, be like, ooh, an expansion team, click it, and suddenly be like, whoa, this is crazy. These guys are going at it. You know, like, I I just, I really wanted to, I don't say kudos to the NHL very much, and I, I wanted to take a moment to say that. I'm really excited about it. I'm sure it. it was ESPN's decision. It probably was, why. yeah. They probably demanded. They said, can it? Yeah. Like, we're a sports league, and they said, I don't give a shit. Yeah, they're like, it's garbage trash. <laughs> Oh, no, I did not extend to Ian the courtesy uh, he extended to me earlier. But he got the swallow down. <laughs> I always do. James Dolan loves the fisting. Ian loves the swallowing. So, you know, that's it's all good. It's all good, baby. We're is moving my, on. Does my family listen to this? I don't, I I hope don't think not. so. My family does, so. but they've already seen the worst of me. So, you know. Los Angeles Kings. Uh, anything you want to say about them before we move on? Nah. Rob Blake, Luke Robitaille. I love saying Luke Robitaille. I don't like spelling Luke Robitaille. Right. Luke with a C. Get over yourself. <laughs> I know that. I know that you're French, and that's just normal there. But get over yourself. The Dallas Stars. Speaking of last year's Dallas Stars, it's the Dallas Stars. They're the eleventh farm system somehow. Jim Neal, uh, very old GM, very old head coach. A very old core. They're just a very, very, very old team. They are. And this is probably their last shot. Like, this year and next year, maybe, are like their last shot at getting really anything out right. of the Sagan Van Air. I mean, I guess they did go when to is, one cup final. When month. is Red Yulov up? I think it's the end of this year. Yeah. I want to say. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it is. That dude. 
for sure going back to the KHL. Right? Yeah, it's like I get he doesn't. He's not quite as big a contributor as Sagan or Ben. Yeah, or thirty-five. Like, he's going back. Yeah, yeah. Like this is a team that got close to getting it done. And like you said, just has a tiny window left open. They've got young guys like Jason Robertson coming up. Uh, they're a lot of fun to watch, but it's like I also question their goaltending a bit. Like just what you're just kind of doing stuff. Don't they have like Jake Ottinger? Isn't that like a real goalie yeah. that they could use and or work on? I don't know how young he is, and but they're still doing this weird Anton Qdoba. Uh, what's his face yeah i mean i would like it's just it's just a weird situation i think just by health and situation and probably who's going to play the best i would guess ottinger is actually the primary starter this year but that's just me Qdoman, if he's healthy has been really good uh ben bishop's not gonna be good so you know i don't know a lot of people would say that the stars are gonna make the playoffs instead of us i know emily kaplan and and her crew mm-hmm. oh, nice try i almost liked her by the way but yeah. not anymore <laughs> uh but i just don't see it man i don't think this team's that good yeah got some good pieces um but like they had one of the breakout shock ro- rookies of the year last year and they were still one of the worst teams in the nhl right so. That's my thoughts on them. The Boston Bruins, speaking of old teams. I was going to say, take what we just said. And yeah, like just repeat it. it. They could arguably be above the stars, but um, they have they went to the Stanley Cup final and lost one year further ago, so suck it. They've got uh, Hall. David Krejci's gone now. Um, Tuka Rask is supposedly going to play when he's healthy again, but who knows? He's uh, he's old. Um, Linus Linus Ulmark is their goalie. Patrice Bergeron in the final year of his contract at age 36. David Pasternak only has two years left on that sick, filthy-ass contract of his. So, like, they've got some worries up there. Uh, they don't have they don't have a future. They're they're 29th now. Their core players are, are Bergeron at 36, Marchand at 33, Taylor Hall now at 29. Um, their defense is a lot younger, but I don't know that they're ever going to get the front-end talent to compensate while Pasternak's still in his prime. Uh, this is a team that I think is probably going to be pretty bad in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts on the Bruins? Yeah, I think it's, just, it's a crater waiting to happen. We could have probably even had them lower possibly mm-hmm. but again they're still they have that Bruins magic somehow they haven't been I don't think they've looked nearly as good as they did even four or five years ago and somehow they still made it to the cup final and have have looked decent and made the playoffs all these years so as long as they still have that they can rank higher but yeah they're gonna fall off a cliff pretty quick I'm calling another audible in. Oh, Jesus. I'm so sorry. I'm moving the Blackhawks down for reasons we'll discuss in a minute. But why don't you talk us through the Minnesota Wild? So Minnesota Wild, a 15th farm system, which seems perfect for them, yeah, right? That's, Just that's, right mm, in the middle of the road. We got some guys good. that could be good, some guys that are bad. We've got a lot of guys that can be middle six forwards and second line defensemen. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got... Tandem goalies. They finally got rid of Parise and Suter, which is but it, big. But at what cost? Yeah, which also made their... Gave them an artificial window of two years to be any good. What did it cost? Everything. <laughs> uh, they signed, they signed uh, Kaprizov, you know, to his five-year deal at $9.5 million or whatever it was. 
So they have him, and that's great. And that's really kind of what's booing this team, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they were in our t- bottom 10 last year. I'm almost guaranteed it. But the fact you have Kaprizov came over. They were probably pretty pretty close to dead last. Yeah. I think the first year we did it, they were like either last or like second to last. And then maybe we bumped him up because Kaprizov mm-hmm. was coming. But I mean, like he transformed that team. They had to pay him the money they did because without him... They are still pretty bland, yeah. but I think he is one of those special players that not only very good, but he also pulls people into the game with him. Mm-hmm. So him by being there doesn't just make the team good because he puts up fancy stats. It's also because he makes the people around him better. And he makes people care about the team. Yeah, like people are just way more interested in that The team. power of a star is cannot be over, uh, overrated, you yeah, know? Well, that's what I mean. It's, like, it's one thing to be say, like, oh, he makes the team literally better on the ice and uh-huh. maybe we make the playoffs. But like to actually be there and be as a, on the side of the business, right? Like he's selling jerseys, mm-hmm. he's making people, he's putting butts in seats, turning TVs on. Like that's that's a big piece. Yeah. So I really do think Minnesota, even with that two year kind of window, can snap out of that and actually be a decent team. So that's mm-hmm. why I had them kind of middle of the yeah. Pack Joel here. Erickson X on a nice contract. They've got their defense locked up. Uh, let's move on to the Seattle Kraken. We've agnostically put them right in the middle. Um, you could argue that they're a lot higher because it's like, hey, we, we've got a team. But mm-hmm. uh, 32nd overall farm system ranked by Corp Can you imagine if it wasn't the 32nd? Yeah, I mean, that would be <laughs> We have seven players in our farm system. Um, you know, who cares about their three worst contracts? Although Jaden Schwartz probably one of them. GM Ronnie franchise. Good, He's looked good, though. He's looked good in the preseason. Good. And those jerseys, oh. Oh, I gotta say those aways. The aways are um, so good. Uh, I'm a, that's that's what I am gonna buy, like yeah. for sure, going to buy. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to see it on the ice. They're not gonna be the Vegas Golden Knights, I don't think. But I think they could be a, a middle middle of the pack contender. I think it's a really good playoffs. It's a really good thing that they were they're in a division like the weakest division. I feel like in the entire NHL because it just makes it that much easier for them to make yeah. the playoffs. Yeah, agreed. Uh, moving on, this is where we've chosen to slot in the St. Louis Blues, and I'll tell you, folks, Ian had them two teams lower, and I fought him on that. Um, <laughs> Gonna, we're going to receive some hate on this, I'm sure. Uh, and this season's going to tell us a lot. But we've gotten embarrassed in the playoff two straight years after winning the Stanley Cup. Granted, we let our captain walk uh, in free agency. Um, we let a whole bunch of other cornerstone players for a long time walk this summer, especially Jaden Schwartz, which I agree with for the record. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, when you look at the history of the franchise, that's... That's the reality of the situation. And we've got a star player in a very public dispute with management. It's not like all things are just great here, you know? <laughs> like, um, we've got a couple of contracts you don't love. Nothing that I think is going to devastate the team, especially at the cap. Uh, starts to climb pretty aggressively, at, you know, after two or three more years. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I really think dead middle of the pack is a, a really really fair place to put the team. I know a lot of our fans, you know, just judging by our fan base, are still riding really high on the Stanley Cup win. But I'm going to be real honest with you. I think that evaporates pretty quick if we're not good this year. I think I think that, uh, I can't think of the word I want, but the, the rope that w- most fans are willing to give the front office, and especially the head coach, is going <laughs> to run out pretty quick if we're not hot right out of the gate. And we start against the Avalanche show. 
Yeah, if you get another first round exit this year, I mean, I think for sure Berube is gone just because his contract's up too. But like, I just can't imagine how you look at that. Like, yeah, but we won the cup three years ago. <laughs> like, yeah, we've been shit since. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I still think there's there's hope there. But you kind of have to. There's some work that needs to be done for me to see some of that hope. I think some of that greater hope. Some of the hope that other fans just say. There's still always a little hope. There's just that blues magic. Yeah. Yep. We love the Blues, but, um, you know. Moving on to the Chicago Blackhawks, who Ian would have had higher than... That should be the tagline for this podcast. We, we love, love the Blues, blues but, you, you know. know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. Let's do it. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks had the 23rd farm system. They have, One better than us. Terrible. They have Stan Bowman as their general manager, and that's why I bumped them down, because... Let us not forget that the Chicago Blackhawks are in the midst of a uh, sexual abuse scandal that the NHL is going to sweep under the rug, but you should not. And to be fair, I don't think most Blackhawk fans are just going to forget that. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if, if Doug Armstrong was involved in that and he was still here, I don't think we would have many nice things to say about Doug Armstrong anymore. Mm. They traded for set. There's reasons to be excited about the team for the first time in a while. Jonathan Taze is coming back. They traded for Seth Jones. And even though I hate the contract, it's a big new player. It's a big addition. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Marc-Andre Fleury for basically free. Um, they're probably going to be a better team this year. Kirby Doc should be healthy and playing. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot to like about the Blackhawks this year, and and they probably are going to be a pretty good team, uh, but they are still, I think, on the downside of the cliff of the mountain of success. They are obviously past their dynasty. I don't think they have any more cups in them personally, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that that scandal, all everything surrounding that, is just so ick icky i know that's i know that's a juvenile way to phrase things but it's just it's true it just makes me feel squeamish so any thoughts on the blackhawks none great the nashville predators boring matt duchene and ryan johansson failures <laughs> david poyle is still there fire the man expect better I nashville know, right? stop. Just show stop. yourself some self-respect he's never been good he's never done anything good i mean to be fair, it is kind of like an Armstrong thing where it's like, yeah, he hasn't been that great, but look at the alternatives. He also hasn't destroyed the team. But, like, at some point, man, at least Armstrong won the cup. If Armstrong hadn't won a cup, do you think he's getting this extension? Yeah, like, no. With, it, with two years left on his deal? Not a chance. Nah, nah. So, man, um, yeah, like, this guy's been your GM since the inception of your team, I believe. Yeah. The entire time. And you guys walked away from Barry Trotz eventually. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a terrible idea. But you did it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you let the guy go that you should have kept. <laughs> through. And you kept the guy. You should have let go. I was like, yeah, David Poyle, I think that might be your biggest issue. It's just it's just a, it's just time, it's just a weirdly constructed team at this point. They, It's a team that was strong, made a cut push. They thought, we still have a window. Their window closed. And now they just kind of have some weird remaining pieces from that window and they're trying to supplement them and they're like trying to say, you know what, the boat's, uh, the boat's still afloat, but it's not. It's really not. I think this team is going to go be going down this uh, index in the future pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're going to be singing pretty fast. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Woof. Kyle Dubas, still their GM. Uh, Sheldon Keefe extended today as their head coach. Oh, really? I don't know if you saw that to your contract extension. Doesn't matter because if Kyle Dubas gets fired this summer, so will Sheldon Keefe. So. <laughs> they are tired. They got money. They don't care about extensions or wasted money. Obviously, they signed Austin Matthews. hey um, No, I mean, Austin Matthews, obviously very good. Obviously, the big four, very good. But they're worse than they were last year, and last year they didn't make the, they didn't, they didn't make it out of the first round in the North Division. I know that they lost to the team that eventually went to the Cup final, but mm. that can only be so much comfort, in my opinion. That team, that team, that team would have gotten blitzed by Vegas had they played them. Oh. Oh, I would, I, I would hate to see Toronto make the third round, but for them to get excited just to get mopped by the Vegas Golden Knights <laughs> would, would have been some sort Ooh, of justice. That would have been nice. Uh, uh, they yeah. do have a, a nifty new Amazon Prime series. I don't know if you've heard about well, that constantly from every podcast, every hockey podcast we'll on earth. We will, because we hate this team, and we'll have more reasons to hate it. It's gonna make, it's gonna endear me to those players, and I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> Should have played at like double speed. I hate bald boys. <laughs> Ever since I was sewn into the pants of the big Charlie Brown, I hate bald boys. Which is why I hate Austin Matthews. That dude ain't got no hair up top. You can do all you want with your high end fashion, Austin, and your uh, dirty trash stash, but you're bald and man, and it's okay. That's okay. That happens to people, but it's going and it's going fast. So you know, maybe, maybe use your hair. Maybe use your money to get your hair fixed. <laughs> How you doing? So anyway, we could take pot shots at the Maple Leafs all day, but the fact of the matter is, they're going to be miserable until they prove. That they're going to do it. And if they don't do it, they're just going to keep sinking down this list. Because no matter how good their team looks, they ain't, they ain't showing it on the ice. And they basically, as Steve Dangle says repeatedly, and I'll give him credit for this, but love Steve Dangle. Don't love uh, his co-host, but love him. <laughs> um, you know, he's, uh, this team, it, the regular season just doesn't even matter anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not even fun. You know you're going to make the playoffs probably, and then you're probably going to lose in them. So what's the, what's the? Point? I think that's why they're lower on this index. It's because it's like you just you can't think Toronto Maple Leafs and not think yeah. miserable. The Capitals. It's it's Ovi watch at this point. They're not they're not a yeah. contender. They're old. They're expensive. They're aging. I'd say outside of Ovechkin, um, the Ovechkin watch on him surpassing Gretzky's goal record. Um, the Capitals and the Penguins, who we put right underneath them, are pretty much the same team. Yeah, like they they were both they're both the biggest teams around uh, through the mid two thousands, early two thousands. Yeah, for forever. Like and it's it was really like a big we... matchup against each other every playoffs. And now they're both aging, and they're still they're always competitive. That's the thing you hear on like all the other podcasts. I mean, you can't write them off. Yeah, as long as you got those players, as long as you got Crosby and Ovechkin and Malkin and. Backstrom and all these guys, you can't write them off. But, but you kind of can't because they're old. But you can't write them off is the thing you say when you want to write them yeah, off. Yeah, right. That's what I mean. You, you aren't allowing yourself Yeah, to. exactly. You can't write them off. I want to so badly due to logic and stuff. But, <laughs> but, I, don't, but I can't because due to of logic and all the things star. that my eyes see and all that. Uh, yeah, let's move on. 
flow through a couple of these. The Red Wings, they're climbing out of the basement. They have literally no one signed more than three years. Their rebuild is entering maybe the final phase, but they're not at the end of it. And they've gotten really screwed by a couple of those uh, draft lotteries over the years. They've got some good players, but they don't have a centerpiece. Um, we'll see with the Red Wings. I think Steve Eiserman is what keeps them yeah. out of like the bottom yeah. ten because you're like, okay, I believe in the eyes of the plan. Right. That's right. Agree with that. Calgary Flames, honestly, you could go even lower. Matthew Kachuk's going to leave. Um, I mean, even if he doesn't come here, the dude's not staying there. Right. You haven't given him the C. How dumb are you people? How dumb are you people? I don't. Wait, who it. are they giving it to? I don't think they've given it to anyone. Oh. As far as I know. Well, they're not giving it to him because they know he's leaving. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy, yeah, right, right. isn't it? Yeah. Um, what came first? Yeah. Uh oh, Marty O'Donnell scored in his return last. Oh night. yeah, yeah. He's and did they make a captain of CL? I don't think they did. He's, I don't think he he's is. wearing an A. Yeah, yeah. That's one so, of those. They have nine A's or whatever. Uh, Toronto has four A's. I'm this so year. sick of people pretending that the captaincy matters more than it does. Mm-hmm. They're like, we can't name a captain, and it's like, but then you're almost making it cheaper by saying, well, we don't need to have one. <laughs> But it's too important to name the wrong one, but also we don't need to have one at all. Yeah, right. It's so important, so we're getting rid of it. <laughs> it's so important. It's like a Yogi Barrett expression. It's so popular, nobody goes there anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, anything you want to say about the Flames? I just The one thing that always sticks with me is every year... <laughs> They will talk about how you know this, this year, is last year. This is the last year of the core. They're gonna blow it up. They're gonna they're gone. Johnny Goodrow is gonna get traded. They're like they are gonna be the kingmakers. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This summer. Yeah. 100%. And then it never fucking happens. Yep. Yep. Nope. Nope. I mean, I guess you know when they trade Goodrow or Monahan or whatever that it's over or that they're in a rebuild. Yeah. But they're holding on to it. They did trade Bennett. They let Giordano walk, but. When Matthew Kachuk leaves, just start over. Just start like, over. Like that's the that's the piece where they can say, okay, it's and over. And why would he stay? Because right. there's not even if he stayed, you're gonna lose Goudreau. You're gonna lose uh, Monahan. You're not any good. So I mean, in the Goudreau era, they haven't made it out of the first round since 2015. More like I don't even know. Badreau. Was he even on? Wait, the did they then? get Barclay Goudreau as well? No, they got the other one, Coleman. Oh, Coleman. Because if Goodrow and Goodrow were on the same team, that would have been very confusing. My brain, no likey. <laughs> what if they got that third Goodrow that wasn't that isn't Johnny, but is spelled the same way? Yeah. But I don't think they're related. The Philadelphia Flyers. Now we are in. Are we in the bottom ten now? Yeah, uh, somewhere around there. Let's see. I should have numbered these. This is 24. We're, oh. we're well into the bottom 10. Uh, for those keeping track at home, the Washington Capitals were the uh, start of the bottom 12. So I guess the Detroit Red Wings were the start of the bottom oh, okay. 10. That that's, right. that's right. Okay, that's, that's right. Good. That's right. Okay. Philadelphia Flyers, they have not had any success recently. They haven't made the playoffs two years in a row since 2012. They're a mess of. Uh, of not quite terrible, but still pretty bad contracts at the Just top. a little too much. Yeah, too mu- a little too much, a little too long. The Jim Benning special. I know this isn't Jim Benning, but trust me, we'll get to him. Um, it's the Chuck Fletcher special, which is really why they're here, quite yeah. honestly. That's not a GM you want running your, your organization. Yeah, I mean, if I'm the Flyers, my biggest fear, and you, you wrote it here, is Carter Hart going to be okay? Yeah. 
he I was supposed to be going into the season no, like with that being like, well, we'll see. Because like if it's this season and he's bad, then he's just he's, he's like a Matt Murray and yeah. that's it. But like he was supposed <laughs> to be the guy. If he's this bad this season, he's toast. <laughs> you yourself admit it yourself <laughs> that you suck. <laughs> Oh, shit. Anthony Stolarz looks at him and is like, I'm doing the best at this. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, folks. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's such a that's such a, a bombshell question. Oh, Martin Jones. He has nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah. That alone, being the team that signed Martin Jones is on its own bad enough. How can you be... How can you have... Carter Hart, and you're like, well, he might actually be a bad goalie. Hopefully not, but he might actually. And so our backup is Martin Jones. That's horrifying. Yeah, this team's real bad. Jesus. I Yeah, I just don't they know. They shouldn't be, but they are. They just don't have any, like, do they have any Joel kids? Farabee's pretty oh, good. Okay. That's like, Let's see anyone what's in that their pipeline. Out? Don't they have that Frost kid from one of our kids? Yeah, but I think he's kind of like a... All right. Yeah, that's what I thought I heard. Morgan Frost, more like Morgan Lost. <laughs> you got him. Uh, where? All right. Corey Cronin pipeline. Number one, Joel Farabee, projected top of lineup player. Number two, Morgan Frost, projected bubble top and middle of the lineup player. Okay, not so bad. Cam York, left-handed defenseman. He's supposed to be really good. Samu Tuomala in Carpot, and then from there, you know, it kind of drops off. Oh, they got Bobby Brink. He's that guy who's supposed to be Cole Caulfield, but isn't. So, you know, they've got some people, but um, like they do have a guy named Zade Wisdom, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, there's just no hope for this team. There's no hope for them to be a contender before they're a loser again, and that's, I think that's, that's right. like, that's what puts so many teams in this category. You ain't winning a cup until it is really painful for you for a while, so, um, yeah, that's a unfortunate but true. And speaking of that, Columbus Blue Jackets. Yarmo Kekalainen, you know, I sat one bleacher away from him in Traverse City. You could almost say we're old pals, but... <laughs> Yarmo, um, <laughs> Yarmo, you remember me? Where are you? Uh, 13th Farm System, they've got some real good young players. Cole Sillinger and uh, Igor Chinnikov are going to be Ooh, hot, good. hot, hot. I watched them down there. Um, but, uh, you know, do they have enough to get over the hump? I don't know. They've only made it to the second round once in franchise history. That's pretty miserable. They're in Columbus. Also not great. Um, you know, Alexa Bliss is a fan, super fan. Yeah, so, you cool. know, her, her and her little doll can come to games. Oh, no. You said oh, no. Alexa. Oh, no. And I talked about the Nightmare doll. It's going to be that thing's possessed now. Oh, no. Um, yeah, Columbus is just one of those teams, too, where they... Build by committee because they have to because anyone that <laughs> nobody wants to yeah, stay any there. star leaves. Not gonna, not gonna, not gonna play here anymore. I think that I think that defines where they are in the misery index for me. Is like you just don't have people that stay. You haven't had anyone stay since Rick Nash, yeah. and even he like eventually left when he was older. Zach, Zach Wierenski, more like Zach Wierenski. How much you pay me to stay <laughs> here? You know? I will admit, at least he wants. At least he seems like he wants to yeah, stay. Yeah, for, for a now. lot of money. For a uh, lot. How of long money. did he sign for? Like six. Seven years? Oh, I mean, it's like over nine million, so it's okay. Forever. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's like, if you want me to be the face of your franchise, I need franchise you, money, you baby. You want me? I want you, baby. 
Um, yeah, six years, nine point five million, plus this year at five million. And they just signed Elvis Merzlikens uh, to too much money for too long. He's yeah, a good, he's a good goalie, go. but is he a great goalie? I don't know. There you go. Um, but hey, you know what? We like Elvis. He's cool. Um, That's what the kids go for these days. Yeah, I mean they'll they'll be fun because they'll have uh, Chinnikov is probably going to play this year. Um, you know they've got some some young exciting players that you want to see thrive. Um, but I want to see it. I got to see it yeah. first. John Tortorella's gone. Who's their new head coach? Some not Bradshaw. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Should have been Bradshaw. Bradshaw ever going to get a head coaching no, job? No. You know why? Because his name's Bradshaw. His his full name is a last name, and that's why he can't do I'm it. I'm a greater man, Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. <laughs> coach Bradshaw. What's his first name? Bradshaw. Brad. So is Brad Bradshaw? No. <laughs> uh, all right. New New Jersey Devils. Their head coach is no longer Satan. That's uh, He's with the uh, the Predators now, right? Baltimore? Yeah. Um, I don't he even, who shall not be yeah, named. Yeah, Devils have some old guy. Lindy Ruff, yep. right? The Ruff Meister. <laughs> as, as everyone calls him, Tom Fitzgerald is their head uh, general manager. This team could move up pretty quickly. They've got young talent. They just signed Dougie Hamilton. He's exciting. Uh, they finished last or second to last in their division seven of the last 12 seasons. They've only made the playoffs twice in the last 11 seasons. They have P.K. Subban for one more year at $9 million. I'm not psyched about the Nico Heischer six years for $7.25 million contract. And fun fact, Ilya Kovalchuk is on their books for four more years at a quarter million dollars per season. So, wow. you know. Um, they have a lot of young talent, but they don't seem to get any better. That's what I mean. Every year they're like, this could be the devil's coming out party. And it's been like that for like four years. Yeah, they've also gotten real screwed by the couple of times they've gotten the first overall pick. Right. It's always like, it's that like, guy's all right. Yeah, it's like you're, a pretty good player. you're in the Ryan Nugent Hopkins year, not the Connor McDavid yep. year, you know? So, um, you know, Jack Hughes is really kind of the big question mark there is, is, is he a star? Is he, like, more of a Ryan Nugent Hopkins kind of guy? And we'll have to see. Ian, why don't you roast the Vancouver Canucks? Oh, yeah. Vancouver. <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for this, baby. Vancouver. I want to like the Vancouver Canucks. I think their colors are cool. And they're one of the Canadian teams that I don't um, just seem to have a large distaste for, right, um, you know, immediately. But the problem is they have Jim Benning as their GM, which is really a big piece of why they're so low on the misery index. Um, their recent success, they've only made the playoffs two of the last eight seasons. They finished last in their division last year. Uh, their three worst contracts, OEL, who we'll talk more about, for six more years at $7.26 million. Tyler Myers at three years for $6 million per. And Tucker Pullman, who they just signed. Uh, four years at two point five million. That's a lot for a guy that should probably be your bottom in your bottom pairing mm-hmm. at best. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Jim Benning with his contract. So what was it? Three or four years ago, Jim Benning signed Jay Beagle and Anton Roussel, and then they've had they've had um, Erickson for a while. Yeah. And all three of those guys' contracts were running out. After this season, so next summer, summer 2022, these really not great contracts for dudes that are too old, that are playing down your lineup, that were making too much money, we're, we're going to finally run out. 
So that was already a Jim Benningson number one was that he signed all those or at least, you know, brought Erickson over. Then they traded all three of these guys to Arizona along with picks, a first and a second and I think like a seventh or something for Connor Garland and Oliver Ekman Larson. Connor Garland, a pretty good get. I don't mind that. And I think then they signed him too. But OEL for 7.125 or 7.26 million you're for gonna six hear, more years. You're going to hear a lot of Elliot Friedman types with due respect say things like, well, I can see why they did this. I can see why why they thought you know, OEL would rebound. No, though. you could. What you could have done was not traded anybody, still had those three guys, have them fall off next summer, have all or that cap space you're you paying need, OEL, and do anything else with it. If you desperately need the cap space, trade the second and Louis Erickson yeah. to the Coyotes. That's what I mean. It's you like, didn't tell me they're not going to do that. You can't tell me that. You, you could have incentivized it pretty easily for the Coyotes to take your garbage without having you, to take OEL back. You gave the Coyotes the biggest bailout any franchise has ever received. You move, you literally, almost almost literally moved their um, rebuild up a year. At least. You got a first, Because you yeah. got rid of their worst contract and you gave them Dylan Gunther, who's going to be a very nice NHL player. And more picks besides, and a bunch of contracts they need to fill out the roster anyway, so what do they care if it's Antoine mm-hmm. Roussel? He's from France. Um, most people in Glendale haven't even heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be its gonna be very hard on this team when they're trying to sign anyone else that's not, obviously, Pedersen or Hughes at this point, because they've got OEL sitting there for forever. And here's the other thing, too. It would be one thing if it was like, he's there forever, but at least he's competent. The dude's like falling off a cliff. Yeah. The guy's oh, so bad. They, they showed him doing like wind sprints or whatever. Oh, yeah. And he looks out of shape. Yep. You're yeah. paying like a bad player that. for that amount of money. I remember when he got that like a couple years before uh, Petrangelo was up, and I was like, oh no, if Oliver Ekman Larson gets this, what are we going to pay Petrangelo? And that's when he was still good, when Oliver Ekman Larson was still a decent player. And that dude, no, just no. Sit that guy for six years on your team at almost any price, not, I, I don't like that. I don't like him for six years on my team at almost any price. Yeah. And for $7.26 million for how that did you long. Not, how did you not get them to withhold more than that? Like, there's no there's no part of that trade that makes sense. I was like, Jim, you They're basically not done They this. basically kept an empty le- entry-level top contract. And... Listen, I know they're like, well, yeah, but Jim Benning, you know, he knows his career. He knows he's got it's make or break season, and it's like, yeah, and he still made his team worse, arguably. And he broke. Unless, unless the unless Bill Armstrong was like, the only way you can get Connor Garland is by taking Oliver Ackman Larson, and even still, even still. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. It's so 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 so. So I think. Honestly, until they turn the corner, because they have these young players where they haven't really done much in the playoffs other than beat the Blues. Um, <laughs> which, you know, that's not even saying much at this point. So, until they do something like that and Jim Benning's not the GM anymore, I think they're always going to be pretty low, for me at least. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, they're going to have, you know, uh, Pedersen and, and uh, Quint, Quinton Hughes signed probably by tomorrow or the, or the next day. It sounds like it's pretty close, but uh, I guess that hour of do not disturb ran out. Take your... Take your drink. Take your obligatory drink when you hear the uh, chime on my phone go off. But anyway, um, the Anaheim Ducks, they're real bad. I don't even have that much to say about the Ducks. They haven't made the playoffs since 2019. They finished bottom three in their division the last three years, sixth, eighth, and eighth. They have Adam Henrique for three years at $5.825 million, Jacob Silverberg for three years at $5.25 million, and somehow vexatiously Kevin Shattenkirk for two years at $3.9 million. Um, I don't know why the Ducks are so bad. They've got a great goalie, but they have, like, no talent anywhere. And I feel like a lot of their young guys, like Sam Steele and... Uh, um, Comtois, Maxime Comtois, and those that generation of guys did not pan out to be like stars, like mm-hmm. they were supposed to be. Um, that's what it feels Trevor like. Zegras is going to be really good, but like that's it's kind of your guy. That's all you got right now. Don't they have who's the other one they got? Or did they get rid oh, of they've one? got Jamie Drysdale, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. But is yeah, there yeah, another? That's one? what I'm, no, oh, that's okay. what I'm thinking of. I get him and Byfield mixed up. Yeah, they got Wise in their name. Byfield or Byrum. See, I don't even know. <laughs> no, Byfield. I get confused with Byfield, okay. but I even forget Byram's even a thing. Okay. And then I'm right. like, oh, yeah. yeah. And then you're like, who's the guy in Colorado? How many, you did wa- that to me how many Ys they got in their name? Just one? Each of them? Great. Yeah. It's too confusing. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, Anaheim's just one of those teams that sucks and they're kind of missed on a few guys. I mean, maybe not missed, but they're just, like you said, not panning out and you're. You're wondering when this is going to turn around for them because Ryan Getzlav ain't going to stay there forever. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the Ottawa Senators could rocket out this chart, except Eugene Melnick will still be their owner, and Brady Kachuk is still on time. We'll talk about that. Uh, the farm system is third. Pierre Dorian is recently re-extended and recently extended and seems to be pretty good despite. Oh, yeah. But they also employ Pierre Maguire, which is also why they're pretty low here. Oh, I forgot about that. They do recently do that. Don't do that. Um, They haven't made the playoffs in 2017, since 2017, when they went to the conference finals. And they only haven't finished last in their division the last four years because because Buffalo is also in that division. They have, uh, their three worst contracts are irrelevant because they're so bad, who cares uh, anything else we should talk about here, Ian? I mean, Eugene Melnick's just a dumpster fire of owner. Yeah. I mean, between the weird news of, like, there's some weird thing where he's suing, or he's being sued by it. He's in some weird suit with, like, a... The foundation? Well, the... the oh, the yacht club? The yacht yeah. club or something. And then he wants to move the team, not move them, but get them a new arena, but they're constantly, any place he basically wants to put it, they're basically like, no thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I don't even think he wants to fully fund it himself. Uh, I think they'd be so much better off with a different owner. Obviously, that's very hard uh, to do, to to force someone to sell your team. Yeah, But, I mean, even um, Alfredson, who is like lifelong guy there, had some comment about basically like, oh, we'll be better when we have a different owner after he left. And it's like, no one likes this guy. He's super cheap. I get they're, they're a smaller market franchise when it comes to like Canada, but like yeah. they're uber cheap. They are not paying Brady Kachuk 
anything. Yeah. Yeah, in the category of I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it! I'm not worried about any of this! This is a team that won't pay Brady Kachuk to be their their presumptive captain. They basically announced he's the captain. They won't pay him because of signing bonuses. And, all right, he's going to walk, dude. He's going to demand the contract Matthew got that brings him right up to free agency and gives him total control. And... They didn't sign Mark Stone. They didn't sign Eric Carlson, which, you know, good for them in the mm-hmm. long run. But, like, You're not gonna keep how are they going to get any better? Mm-hmm. They're not. With Eugene Melnick, they're not. They ain't got no soul. And the rebuild could be cool. Tim Stutzla's cool. But, like, he's also going to go unsigned. Right. Every and time it, I see a young, fun player there, I'm like, you've got three years, <laughs> four years in the sky. We got and you gone. for three minutes. Uh, yeah. Um... Yeah, who knows? Who knows? And that's another reason that I'm a little high on Logan Brown, because I'm like, yeah, he didn't make it in his previous organization, but his previous organization was the Senators, so Mm -hmm. a little less worried. Speaking of Eric Carlson's team, it's the San Jose Sharks. Oh, talk about teams that have no hope. Just, they go from hope to no hope so quickly. This team is so... Fox. Yeah, like, Lady Lady Fate has gotten them strapped down in the chair, and she's not letting go. Much like a dentist yeah. would, you know. Would you call Lady Fate the dentist? <laughs> well, she probably would like that. She probably has told you yeah, not to call her told that. You don't call me that, but he but... does it anyway. Because me and Lady Fate have a real jokey relationship, <laughs> you know. Much like Ellie Freeman with Doug Wilson. So San Jose, I think we said it last year, and we have said the year before. And it's befuddling that we're still saying it because they haven't done anything. This is a team that is right before the rebuild. Still. They're still right before the rebuild. They're still thinking, eh, we'll see. When are you going to start trading pieces away? When are you going to start moving these dudes? There is nothing here for you. You have the 22nd farm system. That is nothing. That is not anything to be happy about when you're this bad. Like, we've got... Old dudes on contracts for too much money for too long between uh, Carlson, between Mark Edward Vlasic, between Brent Burns. It's too much money for too long on a defense that doesn't play defense. Like, I, I their forward group is okay. Uh, Hurdle wants out, supposedly. I don't know if he wants out just because of all the Kane shenanigans. Speaking of which, there are Kane shenanigans. <laughs> um, and that's not the Sharks' fault, but like they also have him there. So that's not like that's not a great person to have within the locker room. He might not be in the locker room at all this year. We'll you see. remember when Evander Kane bounced around a couple of teams and was known as a locker room cancer? Yeah. And then he went to the Sharks and he did pretty well there. And they were like, let's give him seven by seven. And we were all like... That's a lot. Well, we're three years into that <laughs> and... Not going great. That man has been accused of everything. If they find the Lindbergh baby in this dude's attic, I'm not even going to be surprised. Jimmy Hoffman could be buried under his under his freaking driveway. Like what? What the what the hell's going on with that dude? I'm like I, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they can terminate this contract or what they can do because I'm sure some of the stuff he's doing, you know, is uh, breaking things in the CBA and whatnot, but. This is a team that needs to sell. But the problem is um, no one wants to buy. 
in terms of like, I'm sure people want Eric Carlson. I'm sure people want Mark Edward Velasquez. They don't want him for that long. They don't want him for that much money. So you're going to have to retain or you're just going to ride these contracts out, which is pushing that eventual rebuild further and further down the line. And that would make me so miserable as a fan if I was like, we just have to wait for like four more years before we can even start rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing good there. There's literally nothing. I think even though we put them like third from the bottom, <laughs> I think they, to me, are like the most miserable in terms of just like me staring at this team and being like, I have to like deal with this. The other two after this are like, shenanigans that are almost just like kooky and you're just like and you're just like oh my god oh my god but like yeah. the sharks aren't kooky you're just like fuck <laughs> that is a good way to put it yeah that's a great way to put it uh yeah the sharks i think i think for pure for pure like hopelessness of nhl success the sharks are lower than either of the other two teams. Yeah. it's gonna be so long Mm-hmm. until they can be relevant again. And you're going to hear people tell you, well, the Sharks, don't forget about the Sharks. Forget about the yeah, Sharks. For, forget about... That's what I mean. You're <laughs> holding on to, like, the... About the Sharks. They're maybe. holding on to that weird, like, 15 they, years where they always they, made the playoffs. You know what they are? They're like the Detroit Red Wings in, like, 2011-12. Yes. It's like there's just... You just... They, you're at the cliff, and mm-hmm. there's nothing under the cliff. Yep. Just, just... Like who they got coming down the pipeline. Nobody. You're like, oh... Nobody. Nope. 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 Ah. Uh, (laughs) It's real bad. All right. Let's move on from the San Jose Sharks. I almost made a bad Evander Kane trip, but I'm not going to do that. Arizona Coyotes. So I'm going to have to ask you to read all these. I'm going to have to ask you to read all these notes. All of them? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm scared. Uh, Their farm system is 14. <laughs> Their GM is Bill Armstrong. Very good. Billy Armstrong looks good so far. He's done a good that. job in this rebuild. They haven't made the finals since 2012 when they lost in the conference finals. Haven't made the playoffs. Excuse me. Yeah. Since 2012, it's a big difference. We're not there. counting, by the way, any of these uh, any of these um, play-in rounds. Did they make the play-in round? They did. They beat Nashville even. Oh. But then they lost uh, Colorado. Oh, they beat them in like the three-game series yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's why it doesn't fucking count. Yeah, you're right. The um, Their three worst contracts are Clayton Keller, seven years, 715. 7.15 million for seven years. Nick Schmaltz, five years for 5.85 million. And Andrew, Andrew Ladd for two years, 5.5 million. <laughs> uh, and under the category of no coffin, please, just wet, wet mud. Uh, this franchise constantly has a question around whether it is going to be moving out of Arizona. They can't even stay in an arena for very long. Combine testing violations a few years ago. They drafted Mitchell Miller, who bullied a class. Oh, God, I forgot about this. Why don't you remind the people oh, yeah. of this? Yeah, they drafted Mitchell Miller this pa- this past summer? The summer before that. Summer before yeah. that, yeah. Uh, who bullied, classmate, or bullied a classmate for years, and this was a known fact among all the <laughs> NHL teams. Um, you know, shades of pre- prequel shades of what happened with Montreal. And it's like, they're like, well, we'll rehabilitate them, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but you got to come out of that strong. Let me ask, why? Well, because it was a fourth rounder instead of a first rounder. That's why. But I was going to say, why did we as a league get to go, 
um, no, yeah. no with this guy, no. And they were like, oh, you know what? We are going to renounce our pick. The differences are their Arizona and Montreal is Montreal. Yeah. And this was like a fourth round pick and, and yeah, Montreal was a first round pick. It was pick. basically like Arizona do this. And they yeah. said, okay. And then they said, okay. <laughs> and Montreal, they're like, it'd be real good if you just did something different. And they're like, we won't. And they're like, well, that's fine too. That's fine too. And then we said, we're going to take their first round pick. And we were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move them out of Glendale. And we were like, okay. Arizona, just getting kicked around. I mean, like, it's again, they're tearing it down, so at least they're ahead of San Jose in that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's about it. Uh, yep. <laughs> you read too far. Yeah, I know. I knew it. Damn it. I never would have made it through. Do you want to read it or you want me to? No, it's fine. I was going to say, Buffalo Sabres, obviously, <laughs> bottom of the misery index. You've, you've waited for it. You, you love it. Um, their farm system is first, so that's good. Uh-huh, but yeah. I think that's a lot of young guys that will actually be playing this year. Uh, Kev- <laughs> Kevin Adams. Kevin Cousins, pretty, yeah. pretty fucking pretty good. good. Pretty, <laughs> pretty fucking good. Uh, GM, Kevin Adams, he's a mouthpiece for the Pagulas, who we'll get to. Their recent success. They haven't made the playoffs since 2011. They haven't won a series since 2007. They finished last in their division six of their last ten seasons. Three worst contracts. Jeff Skinner, six years at $9 million per. Oh, God, it's so bad. That's terrible. It's so bad. Kyle Ocposo, two years at $6 million per. And Jack Eichel, for a while, they have him because it's He's a... nothing. It's a pox upon them. <laughs> uh, five years, $10 million per. Uh, for an NHL team, pretty fucking bad. This guy, Ernie, who owns the chair company, answer. And I say, your chair just fucking cut me. And he say... Are you kidding me? He asked me how bad it is. I say, for the chair, it's pretty fucking bad. You gotta say it. You gotta say it. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Alright, I'm okay. <laughs> and, then, and then I said... For <laughs> 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 fucking bad. And he uh, said, I don't want to work here anymore. <laughs> and I said, Kevin, you are the GM. You own the <laughs> He said, I don't care. Uh, I don't fucking care. We, we used to joke about how we would devolve until our jokes only access like four people listening and then we would just go off the air. I think this is, is that? Good, we're, good we're not even we're not even we're no longer even referencing skits that we're actually in. I think you should leave. We're referencing skits. YouTube side skits from I think you should leave. Oh god. Alright, but how do you pile Upon, I know we just went recently went off this tangent, but how do you pile debacle upon debacle upon debacle of this team? Like a barrel crashing over Niagara Falls, these schmucks. Everything, we know about everything with the Eichel surgery. They're currently blackmailing a player and holding him sl- uh, hostage, v- arguably violating his basic human rights to medical care. Um, in over that pesky, pesky oh. CBA. <laughs> oh, there it is again. <laughs> it's written in there, just like the racism stuff isn't. Ah, oh, the O'Reilly trade. Woof. We've talked about that plenty. We're benefactors. We won the Stanley Cup. How big a middle finger is that Stanley Cup and that Conn Smythe? There's never been one bigger. Mm. Has has any NHL player really had more of a transformative season than Ryan O'Reilly? Going from, I, I just don't have the love of the game, to literally winning the Stanley Cup like 13 so. months later. 
I don't think so. They've had six new head coaches in the last nine years since Lindy Ruff was fired in 2013. Those head coaches have included Ralph Kruger for for an NHL head coach. Pretty fucking bad. <laughs> um, what uh, Ted Nolan for Ted a little Nolan, while. Yeah. Ted Nolan in the second stint. Uh, Dan Bilesma, uh the one that coached for Nashville as an assistant. Yeah, Housley. Yep. Um, Cammy Granado's brother, maybe this, John Granado. That's the current one. Yeah, yeah brother though, right? Because her husband is uh, Ray Ferraro, right? Oh, is that it? Sure. So. Anyway, uh, Ralph Kruger, Phil Housley. Yep. Ron Rolston, who I don't even that's not even a person. I don't what? believe you. I don't believe you. He's the head. Bro- he's the head coach, associate head coach at Providence College. This guy was a former NHL head coach, and he is currently an associate coach in NCAA. Also, he's from Fenton, Michigan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like how you were actually disappointed. <laughs> oh, I almost was... live in Fenton these days, but I'm in the weird middle ground where they shove the outcasts. Yeah. Yep. That's right. It's called Valley Park, people, and you must never venture there. The light doesn't touch. There are nice parts of Valley Park, uh-huh. but, but not, not the, the part, part I live on. <laughs> For a valley, pretty fucking bad. <laughs> for a park, pretty fucking bad. All right. Uh, they do not scout players from Europe, um, or they do it at one of the lowest rates of anybody in the NHL. They yeah. only watch it in film, too. I don't think they I send players so, there. Yeah. Uh, they have hit on very few of their draft picks outside of the first round. Their owners feel completely disconnected from what makes this franchise great. They couldn't even get the names right on alumni jerseys. Um, we got to have Anthony on sometime again just to talk through all the embarrassments we barely we, even know about. We are connected on Twitter to so many Buffalo. Yeah, I do Twitter feel like accounts. we hear like an outsized. Which, I mean, it's interesting, but like I'm surprised from my read on their tweets that they seem. I mean, I guess you have to embrace it, right? That they're just like, oh, this could be a good player. That could be a good player. You know, we'll see how this works out. I'm like, I guess when you're just in the muck, man, you got to be like, sure, sure, this is where we live now. So, you know, anything's a positive. Yeah, I'm always I'm always surprised by their their relatively general positivity to their really shitty situation because that's the problem with the oh my god I looked up the worst moments in Sabers history yeah. and the first article I found was written in February of 2011 they didn't even know I know man oh god that's so bad. Saber's debacle is embarrassing, but it could get worse. Luke Fox wrote on March 2nd in 2021. It did, Luke. I don't even know what debacle you're talking about, but it did. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no hope. There's they. I mean, as long as you have the Pagoulas as the owners, it's done. It's, it's so bad. I know they own the Bills, but like, again, we talked about this before. It's garbage, it. But you know what they did with the Bills? They, <laughs> they got out of the way. Yeah. They got out of their own way. And for whatever reason, they feel like they can run the Sabres like they're hockey people. And they're they, not. It, yeah, it doesn't work. It has not worked. Yeah. It's bad, folks. So the Sabres rounding out the bottom. Kings of the Misery Index. That's right. The Red Wings, Flames, Flyers, Blue Jackets, Devils, Canucks, Ducks, Senators, Sharks, Coyotes, and Sabres are your bottom uh, 10 teams. And your top five, the Panthers, Hurricanes, Knights, Lightning, and Avalanche. Um, Everyone in between, you're fine. You're okay. Just 
keep just trying enjoy. your best. That's right. Just and do your best. We're positive people here. So um, we really, we have to go now because we actually have to call Billy Joe. We podcasted right into October. So uh, folks, thanks for hanging on for an over two hour episode. We haven't given you one of these in a while. Next week, it's Central Division preview, Blue Season preview. Week after that, we got games, baby. We got games, baby. We're back. So until next time, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, Tell your cats to tune out uh, to that bot that keeps listening to us in Arnold. Keep it up, buddy. We're going to... If you live in Arnold... we're gonna you. we're gonna disappoint some sponsors incredibly hard with your uh, numbers that you're generating for us. And yes, uh, we are proud to proclaim that we are Arnold's favorite podcast, mm-hmm. Arnold, Missouri. Particularly you people, we love you and have a great night. <laughs>